This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to the Super J-Cast. I'm Joel Abraham, joined by a slightly hungover Damon McDonald, is that fair? That's slightly is, uh, I would go a little higher than slightly, but uh, what is fair is that long-time listeners to this show and to other uh, versions of this show know this Damon very well. So uh, they know what to expect, they know uh, it will still be a bang-up show, uh, a stellar show, a six star show a six snake show uh, all of it it'll be all of them combined uh, and i trust me i'm wound up uh i'm uh, i'm i'm ready to go because here's the thing joel today it's not so much that we're reviewing a show right we're not i don't think we're going to be talking about much of any shows uh today is about all the wonderful and i mean that sarcastically the wonderful world of uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling and all the behind the curtain and uh, as well as even um, behind the curtain to the Super J-Cast. So what a wonderful time this will be. Uh, two hours of just fun, exciting, entertain- entertaining uh, audio listening for our loyal listeners. Speaking of going out and getting drunk, I'm going to start you off with a little story. This is something I found on Twitter from a user called at Papa Warumono. And it's a story, uh, well, I'll just read it to you. In Okinawa late one night after a wrestling show and more than a few drinks at a disco club, Ishii, who was with Yano and Misawa, the medical trainer of NJPW, was feeling peckish and demanded that they go to either Yoshinoya or McDonald's. Misawa politely declined, saying he wasn't hungry, when an incensed drunk Ishii said, I said Yoshinoya or McDonald's. Those are your only two options. Whose team are you on? Choose a side. Misawa then tried to just run away from Ishii, but Ishii caught up to him in front of their hotel and took him down, forcing a scuffle. Misawa ended up with a bleeding abrasion on his forehead and his glasses broken, and Ishii ended up feeling very sheepish about the whole thing. So is that what a a typical night out with you is like? (laughs) Uh, last night, no, very, very smooth. It was me, uh, the missus, and our, and again, longtime listeners know the great Gabby, um, who uh, joined us as well. She drove up from uh, Baltimore, and uh, we went to our favorite drinking establishment and uh, downed the couple. And then we went to this one place, uh, I think it's called The Butcher, it was. Oh, the food was so good. And it just came coming out and coming out and coming out. All oh, now, Joel, here's, 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 a good, here's the good news uh, drinks, all were. Uh, whiskey based there were no real questionable mixers so that means i was i was well within my diet although it is alcohol and it does it's really not but it's not beer two all the food meats i didn't have a carbohydrate in the bunch i didn't have a i didn't have anything any of it that's two uh three uh then after that um, my my friend texted me, and he's having a little issues with uh, family, so uh, he was in a little bit of a bad spot. So, boom, I, I went out with him, and I did have 
a beer, but then I had other mixed drinks that were under the plan. So I did have one beer, but no big deal because I barely ate anything all day. Uh, so even with all the celebration, Joel, I was uh, still well within my uh, diet. And here's an update for those who care. Uh, I'm down, oh, what was the number? 31 pounds. 32 pounds. I'm applauding. Yeah. That's, that's excellent. Yeah. Uh, again, on a guy like me, 32 pounds is a, is a piss in the lake. But uh, you got to start somewhere, and it, and again, every time I weigh, it's it's a, it goes lower, and that's all that I care about at this point. You know, I still have until April to uh, to uh, get into real fighting shape. But um, every time the scale goes down a little bit further, that's 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 good. So, uh, and I did have I did have Gabby even mention that. Oh my God, it looks like you're losing weight, and I was I, I kissed her right on the mouth for that wonderful comment. So. <laughs> um, Yes, that was a uh, nice. So, so we're doing well. We're doing well. So obviously you are watching what you eat, but yeah. hypothetically then, whose side are you on? Yoshinoya or McDonald's? Uh, Yoshinoya. Yeah, McDonald's really is not great. So McDonald's, to me, reminds me of depression. It, it does. Um, it reminds me of, I just, I'm starving. I just need something to eat. And you're the easiest, most convenient thing where I really don't have to do anything major. It's really weird. Like, I'm a big guy, right? But I don't eat fast food. I don't. I don't. I, 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 but I do, but I will say this. In the past, I eat convenient food. So it, it would be like nothing. We, you know, everybody's done work. Shark is home. And it's, we look at each other and like, all right. And, and it's the worst question of marriage. And it really is. It's the worst question. I would rather have my wife constantly ask me, did you get your balls sucked by a, that girl? <laughs> you know what I mean? And constantly have to be like, no, we just went out and with friends. Um, the, the worst question is, what do you want for dinner? It, I just, it's that, that question is, is the, the epitome of mundaneness. So, but it is a question every day. So it's very easy to just get takeout and, uh, so that's it. And then sometimes I'll get healthier choices than other, but but that's really it. But now we we don't really get a lot of takeout anymore. Um, I don't know. it's it's a weird thing. It's but she's kind of doing it too, and she's really happy with the results. Like she used to get bad heartburn a lot, but it's completely gone. Like she says, I, I it's gone. Um, so I mean, she's all on board just for that reason alone, and she's lost weight. She's lost like about fifteen pounds. So I don't know. I I, I can't. So far, it's so good. I mean, I'm not going to be like, everybody do it. But it's working for us, and so far, so good. And it's not been that difficult. Like, the beginning has, is, is tough because you just don't know what the fuck you want to eat. Um, and you don't know if it's sustainable, you know. But it, it really is. You can do it. It does take a little bit of discipline, which I don't have, but trying to have. And, you know, you just kind of make it work. But, I again, I'm talking like I've, I've, I've succeeded at anything. I haven't succeeded at anything. I've... I, I have um, I have a long way to go. I have a long way to go. Well, very, very positive start so far, and I applaud you for that. Thank you. But I'm going to drag the, the moods and the atmosphere Aww. of the podcast right down because I got quite a lot of feedback last week from a few people saying that 
they thought we were being overly negative. Welcome, well, welcome to podcasting. Yeah, welcome to podcasting. But go ahead. Uh-huh. This is included one person who reached out to me on Reddit and sent me very long private message uh, explaining uh, his point of view that he thought we would be so negative. He thought we should rename the podcast the Super Bitch Cast, which has got quite a nice, nice ring to it. Yeah. So I might uh, fall back on that one in future if I want to have a little moan and say, right, it's time for the Super Bitch Cast. Um, and explains his point of view and why he thought the stuff that I thought was bad was actually good, which is fine. But here's the thing. There are loads of podcasts that I've started listening to, and then at some point or another, I've decided I don't like this anymore. This is not for me, and I've unsubscribed from it. But personally, I've never felt compelled to actually find and contact one of the co-hosts and tell them about it. Right Now, I'm not... I'm not, this is not criticism. I'm seeing the, the person who got in touch with me on Reddit, more of a guy who clearly loves our podcasts. He, he enjoys the excellent chemistry that you and I have, Damon, being very good friends that we are. Mm. And the fact that we often take like 45 minutes before we get around to reviewing a show. Probably loves my sexy accent. Generally hanging on to every single word that comes out of our lips. But by his own admission, was having a, a rough day at the time and looking for an escape into something he loves. And was a bit bummed out by us being negative about it. Now, I, I understand. I hear you. I don't want to deliberately antagonise people who like something more than I do. But that said, I listen to loads of podcasts where the hosts that I like have totally buried something that I love. Shenmue, which I've made no secret of in the past. But it doesn't bother me at all because you know I don't want to live in an echo chamber. I enjoy hearing dissenting opinions and opposing views. It's one of the way that we grow as people. So I really do appreciate people reaching out to me with mostly, mostly constructive criticism. But I just really find it interesting. I genuinely mean it. it's interesting how people can get so defensive about us criticising something that they enjoyed. Like, it's a personal attack on their character. It isn't. Yeah? It isn't. We love all of you. If you're also a WWE fan and you like Cody, you think the Bullet Club are great, we love you. If you're a pro-rest diehard with leanings towards Enochism, you think Harold May is the devil incarnate, we love you too. It's okay to like different things. If I don't like something that you like, it doesn't mean that I hate you. It just means we have different tastes and, and that's okay. Variety is the spice of life. There's no right or wrong here. You're all welcome to, to this podcast. Except the fucking Shenmue haters who can fuck right off. <laughs> but... We're going to keep giving our honest opinions on the product, even if we disagree with what you, the listener, think. That's okay. We can still be friends. My wife is now a hardcore MMA enthusiast after watching the McGregor versus Khabib Nurmagomedov fight. She thinks, you know, we've been together about eight years. She thinks all pro wrestling is garbage. Scampi, my beloved cat, he doesn't even know what pro wrestling is. Right. Right? And if I can find space in my heart to love both of them, then I'm sure we can all do the same for each other. So basically what I'm saying is I'm going to keep burying the product, but I'll feel guilty about it afterwards. All right. So uh, David, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, look, we get it all the time. And, and again, welcome to the wonderful world of podcasting uh, on, a, on a topic that, you know, people have various interests in and every genre has it. Um, and again, I agree 100%. I think it's good to have people that have different opinions. Doesn't necessarily mean that they're right. Doesn't necessarily mean that we're right. But, um, I don't know. I, I you, you did send me the, the Emancipation Proclamation, <laughs> the, the nine paragraph 
I, I was like, I, I can't read this fucking shit. No, Jesus Christ. Um, but look, at the end of the day, the person was uh, uh, somewhat apologetic in the sense of, you know, they had a bad day and blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, I don't know why you're taking it out on us. Um, and the second thing is, is, is that, Joel, when it comes to and, – and again, there's not a ton of them out there, but there are plenty of moments where – uh, whether it be yourself, whether it be in uh, the show in another form, where we have been negative on a show. And I guarantee you every show we get that. And there's not a lot. I mean, we're talking about New Japan, mind you. But every once in a while, there's a show that you're just like, ugh, that did not hit the mark. And we get that feedback. In this particular case, though, it wasn't even so much the show. It was the direction. And where this company is going and what it feels like is happening within the the confines of New Japan Pro Wrestling, um, which, again, it, it, it impacts every single person listening to this show and it impacts every single person watching the product. Right. So while we you receive this negative feedback um, about us and our and our bitch cast which you, you can get right up the street with that. Um, we, yet, we, yet we still get feedback, probably just a, just amount of, hey, you know what? Keep, uh, and here, I'll read, if you don't mind, Joel, I'll, I'll read one. Keep up the great work. This is from Reddit. So this is a direct message I got from Reddit. Uh, keep up the great work. The chemistry between you and Joel was at its peak last show. And you are speaking for a lot of people. Well, hold on a second. <laughs> Saying it's at its peak doesn't mean that it's good. It might just be a very, very low peak. Well, okay, that's fine. Well, right. What the peak might be? Uh, you know, we might have started at like shit low level, and and we've reached a uh, non shit low level. <laughs> but okay, we're we're growing. We've, no, we've... please continue. All right. Uh, and and here you go. And you are speaking for a lot of people when you criticize the current NJPW direction. I canceled my subscription last month, so you definitely speak for me. I still listen to the Jcast if slash when it sounds like New Japan gets back on track. I'll be back to vote with my subscription dollars. In the meantime, I'll use my money to uh, buy a Jcast shirt, and I'll just say, I won't give a name. I'll just say, thank you, Big Kev. How about that? (laughs) Uh, So that was very nice. Uh, Again, this is where we are not in a vacuum when we criticize a show. Go online, look at Twitter, look at Reddit, look at uh, wherever you find your wrestling opinion pieces, and you will find. And we had a poll. We had, I mean, again, I don't think we are just in this negative uh, frame of mind with New Japan. It's it's a lot of people. It's a ton of people. It's It's... And and I'll go so far as to say it's from people that I respect and their opinions that I respect. So while others might be, might want to point a finger and say, "Hey, you guys are negative," we I just want to zone out and, and enjoy the product. And blah, 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 blah. Okay, great. Okay, you you do that, but please, I mean to to. I mean, again, it's not like this is a, an opinion that's so out there in left field. This is a lot of people feel the same way we do about where we are with New Japan. And 
quite honestly, this is the show where we're going to dig deeper into that. So, uh, again, if you want sunshine, rainbows, and and whatever, you know, I'm I'm going to tell you right now, tap out. Um, there's plenty that's positive, but there is stuff that's negative, and it's okay to talk about and discuss and 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 see where things are concerning and things where we feel could could improve. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, here's a great example. Uh, I, I listen to uh, Toronto Maple Leaf podcasts and hockey podcasts because I enjoy that sport. And then, and right now the Maple Leafs, Joel, uh, my favorite team, uh, notoriously are shit. They haven't won a championship since 1960, right? They, they're just shit, constantly, tremendously losers. But yet they're in the biggest hockey market in the world. So imagine if like – Manchester United were constantly shit. Imagine if the New York Yankees were constantly shit. Uh, you know, th- this is the equivalent, the hockey equivalent. Uh, but in the past two years, they have not only become good, they've become great. And this season, they've started the season on fire, just on fire. They're bulldozing through teams. They're outscoring them. The power play is unbelievable. Uh, five on five, they're they're pretty good too. So. You know, I'm feeling good, and I'm listening to a podcast, and everybody's going, yet they still find, oh, Mitch Marner can do, you know, oh, we, uh, uh, Ron Hainsey can, you know, he can improve here. So even though a team that is hockey, just absolutely hockey nuts and hockey uh, obsessed, Toronto, uh, can still, even in this moment of glory that they're experiencing, can still pause, reflect, and be like, ugh, we do. All this is great, but we still got problems on that third D line, right? right? And it may seem, oh, who cares? Let's celebrate. Uh, we still got problems on the D line, and that's fine. You can do that and still love a product. I don't, I don't understand why why that's a problem, but apparently it is. Apparently, people want to hear just sunshine and rainbows. Okay, great. Uh, whatever. All right, that's it for me. Okay. Let's move on then. Um, let's talk about Kenny Omega, Ew. who has come in for a lot of criticism recently. <laughs> Say, don't make that less out. Sorry. You haven't even heard the question yet. All right. Do you, okay. Kenny Omega, do you think the numbers support the f- uh, allegations that he's losing some of his appeal as a draw? So I'm looking at the King of Pro Wrestling attendances over the years from the Voices of Wrestling Twitter feed. So something they talked about on the flagship, so do go and listen to that if you want to hear uh, alternative takes on this. So 2012, uh, 9,000, 2013, 9,000, 2014, 9,100, but uh, an asterisk on those possibly slash likely inflated. 2015, 8,302. 2016, 9,671. 2017, 9,234. 2018, 9,100 
two months of ticket sales or a month of ticket sales. You, anybody who went to that show was going under the, the, the was going by the brand, right? We we didn't know a show. I mean, we sat here complaining about the fact that we had no idea what King of Pro Wrestling was going to look like aside from a handful of matches, right? And that triple threat could have very easily have been a, just a singles match. That's again, we're not complaining that this was built for forever, right? This was we're complaining that this was a match that didn't feel like it had to be, right? There was really no reason. The guy, I mean, Abushi took the fall in the match, right? Um, so no, I can't. I, I'm, 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 I'm having to like. You can only that that could only impact New Japan Pro Wrestling in increased ticket sales, right? So when they announced that match, did tickets go up? Did they did more people buy tickets than they that than you know when they before they announced that match, right? That's the that's the true indicator because nobody knew that match was happening. Uh, and, and then on the flip side of that, it's not like people are going to go to the arena and be like, wait a minute, triple threat, fuck this, take my tickets, I'm out of here, I'm going to the movies. Right? That's not happening. So uh, that, that's a hard one to judge. Now, the, the shows before, um, he, I mean, he is champion. So, th- I mean, there is something to be said about that, right? There is something to be said that, you know, he's the guy carrying the torch and leading the, the troops. So, well, that you're going to assume that he's on a show in some capacity or form. I don't buy into the fact that it's a that he's a negative at the gate yet. The challenge is, and and, and at the end of the day, that's that's the bottom line. I understand that. The, the 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 issue that we have right now is that there is a groundswell, a bubbling, right, and it all. Uh, what is a, what does a fire start with, Joel? A fire starts with just one spark, um, and that's what's happening. It's, it's smoldering. The the the, and and it has, to me anyway, and to others that I talk to, it doesn't necessarily feel like it is a in ring issue. I don't think many people have what he produces in the ring as being the issue. It's all the other stuff that he seems to dip his toes in that have collectively has of kind of just what we want from New Japan Pro Wrestling. I acknowledge the fact that me personally, I might be in a little bubble as far as opinions about Kenny Omega goes because I'm on Twitter. The people that I follow, I'm reading their stuff. Uh, the Voices of Wrestling Slack group chats I have with you, and people are all saying more or less the same thing. So I accept that that is a very particular niche and that may not reflect the business as a whole. So the point there was that there isn't any evidence that he's running off fans in Japan. Yeah. That's not to say that he's being a smash hit in Japan, but apart from you know the odd stuff that we see, the odd messages or, or anecdotal evidence, there's no evidence that he is necessarily damaging business in Japan. But what about his appeal in the West? Can you see any, any evidence there that he's cooling off? So I'm looking at things like the attendance of his CEO show or the most recent Long Beach show. Is it fair to judge him by those attendances or not? Um, 
I think some of those shows he's got to get a hard pass on. Like, none of those shows were actually promoted. You know what I mean? Um, the Long Beach show. I mean, we didn't know he was wrestling Okada and Ishii until, again, a week before. Um, and the video game thing, I, I kind of... I'm sorry. that To me, that's not New Japan. Like, if I were going to collect all the shows of New Japan Pro Wrestling for 2018... And somebody said, oh, you had to include that show. I would probably be like, oh, I, I, don't, I don't count it. <laughs> I, I really don't. Um, even though that was his show and his, his stamp on it. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like that was that's – like, that's like a local independent promotion doing a show at a, at a fucking auto dealership. You know what I mean? Like, is that a real show, or is this just having matches to have people be entertained while they're buying a car? Like, that's how it felt like to me. Like, this was a show that was a side of a side at a video game convention, was it? Um, and we're just going to have matches to entertain people, as opposed to we're going to put on a show for wrestling fans. So I don't, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't really count that as a win or a loss. I just count that as this was there. I don't know. Um, cause again, new Japan fans weren't traveling down there per se. I mean, I'm sure that there were people down there that went, but I think more people were there for a video game conference and a video game thing than, than a pro wrestling thing. That's for sure. All right. So he's off the, he's off the hook then for those two instances then. Cause I certainly think there's other factors at play. Uh, particularly if we're just talking about the New Japan shows, I think overexposure, the fact that they keep running the same areas and the fact that the cards were announced with very, very short notice has definitely got to shoulder some of the blame. So I don't necessarily think it's fair to look at those and say, oh, well, Kenny Omega's not drawing as a champion. I think he, I mean, I think he's doing just fine drawing. Um, my Again, the biggest beef is that never since we, I've done a show that revolves around New Japan Pro Wrestling, has there been such an undercurrent, a bubbling, a a you know, a groundswell of anti Kenny Omega, right? That's really and the direction that it feels the company is going in. Again, it's 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 the feedback underneath the, the surface. It's not everyone in a panic. It's not everyone in a you know running down the streets, you know you know that like they're getting chased by zombies it's a a i don't even know if it's a minority but it's it's more people than than i can ever remember specifically for this product of ugh. i mean i mean i get texts like this joel i'm going to i'm going to read you a text so again i had we had uh someone say you know um that uh they you know they were going to they canceled their subscription they have decided to to give New Japan a rest because it's just not doing what they would hope to do. Uh, let me give you something a little bit more distasteful. Uh, this is a text from, the, and I'll tell you right now, from the great Eric, the, the great real hero, uh, who I know is listening. Uh, so I'll read this text for you if you don't mind. Uh, New Japan stinks, LOL. That triple threat, fuck off. <laughs> okay. All right, so we have different different ways of saying. Does he have a podcast? <laughs> he should. Um, we have different ways of saying it here in Philadelphia. 
But uh, I get more of those uh, than I do, hey, what a great three-way match that was, or what a great triple threat match, or what a great idea that was. I get more of that than, than positive. So listen, I think as, as always, Joel, we're the voice of the people, uh, and uh, we, we, we give them this, this, this outlet, and, it, and it's okay to have issues and challenges and problems with where the company is going. And um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I think that makes for good discussion and good conversation and good. And here's the thing, too. A good uh, eye-opening, right? Because sometimes you can live in a bubble. And it's like, oh, I live my own life, blah, 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 blah. And somebody says something, and it hurts at first. But then you look at it objectively, objectively. And then uh, maybe you see a different point of view. Uh, and you open your eyes to a new way of thinking. All right, what else we got? Okay, let's talk about Dave Meltzer's reports in the Wrestling Observer oh. newsletter that some... Uh, Danny Schmelzer. He says that some NJPW wrestlers are very unhappy with the new management to the point where they may now be considering jumping ship to WWE, even if they'd never thought about such a move before. Now, the caveat to this is I saw uh, Rovert on Twitter saying that Kenny and the Bucks are already arranging stuff for All In 2. Or maybe it's not Kenny, it's Cody and the Bucks arranging stuff for All In 2, which wouldn't square with a WWE move. So there has been a lot of back and forth over this. We saw Tamatonga going off on one on Twitter. Uh, I presume you've seen this, but Tamatonga's basically shitting on all those reports, saying that uh, there's plenty of great talents out there who would be grateful to have an opportunity to work in New Japan. Who fed you those lies? Um, basically being a, a bit of a company man talking about the new president and management helping the company gain sponsorship with international expansion traveling big money the company's growing he says uh, yeah bitch us foreigners that have been here and worked our asses off are very proud of how far we've come so to the foreigner or foreigners complaining to Dave Meltzer that they're not having fun you can just GTFO I've never in my career here in New Japan ever heard of a Japanese wrestler complaining about work atmosphere not being fun in New Japan GTF out here then there was a report saying, uh, for, well, no, this was from Harold May's blog, who said that Meltzer got the wrong guy. So in a blog post, Harold May said uh, Meltzer had identified the new general manager uh, by the name Michael Craven, but apparently he got the guy's name wrong. So so there is a guy? If I've got this correctly, yeah, yeah my, there is a Michael Craven, a rival recruiting company who's got nothing to do with New Japan, but he's been getting lots of hate mail and death threats. So I don't know what's going on with that. Um, I don't know if Kevin Kelly actually mentioned the name Michael Craven, or if maybe there's two Michael Cravens. And then Meltzer came back again saying with another report saying the people he's hearing from about unhappiness are across the board in the company, including the top Japanese talents. It's not just the elite that he's talked to about it. It's a vast majority of guys that are unhappy. Not everybody, but a lot of them. He notes Tamatonga is one of the guys mad on Twitter about it, although he heard back in July when Tama got disciplined for his language in the incident with a fan that he was angry at the office about their reaction to it. He said at the time of the G1 finals, nobody on the elite side wanted to leave NJPW and they're planning on staying, but now it's more up in the air. He says the decision was basically a done deal and is now being reconsidered. He thinks the internal reaction is to lash out against the report and guys who are talking to him as opposed to fixing the issue. It's only going to get worse. He insinuates that he thinks the issue is bad enough that if it continues, it's got even the top guy, all the 
even the top guys thinking about options except Tanahashi. And he talks about some of the Japanese talent is bothered by the company hiring a lot of foreign top executives who don't have experience in wrestling. Then Tamatonga said, so Meltzer, you went from putting the heat on the foreigners, nothing about the Japanese talent, to now adding more bullshit, which includes top Japanese talents. You're deep in the wrestling politics now. Huh? Who's playing you like a fiddle? Now, I even heard a rumour that it was actually Tamatonga feeding these stories to Meltzer. So how, uh, well, we've got a question from Joel. He says, how much do you think Meltzer's reporting of the backstage problems related to expansion is true or a conveniently relevant narrative to the main event of Wrestle Kingdom 13 passed on one of the participants if a second is true I don't think Tama got the memo like personally when I first saw these things about people being unhappy and thinking about going to WWE my initial reaction was his source Dave Meltzer's source is the elite right it's yeah. the Bucks and Kenny and it's a standard tactic for them to release something like that so they get a bit of a pay rise because their contracts are coming up and when it comes to negotiation time um whoever's writing the, the numbers on the check will be thinking, oh, well, we don't want them to go to WWE, so they just you know, put an extra zero in or yep. whatever. So do you think that that's the case or do yep. you think there's something uh, more worrying at hand? No. Uh, well, I, I, I do think both. I think there is truth to what uh, Meltzer is reporting because I think everybody... I mean, I don't talk to a lot of people there as, as much as maybe I, I used to, but... I mean, I've heard stuff from in the past of of, of that. I mean, it's not that's I I think like everybody's kind of acting all shocked and all, but you, I mean, there's it's a pro wrestling locker room. Like people are going to be happy with their their place in the company, and people are going to be thinking that they want more. It's a competitive locker room that that you know, and the people that that don't feel like they're being used properly are going to be talking the loudest. Um, that's number one. Number two, yes, it, it is classic contract negotiation. Um, and, and it's funny because Dave put it in his, in, in the newsletter, in a print form. And then you know how they, every uh, day that the uh, observer is released on a Thursday, Dave and Brian will do a show and they'll talk a little bit about that specific observer. And, and basically if you listen to the show, Dave basically says, "Yeah, it's it's the it's it's Kenny and the and and, and the elite," um, and I don't doubt that. I don't, I don't doubt that at all. Um, I think, especially in a in a very weird business like pro wrestling, there is this sense of oh, I mean, we get it all the time here. Oh, you don't know what you're talking about because you've never done it, right? Like. I can't think of any other profession where uh, I, I can't say that. I mean, sports in general is that way. You know what I mean? Like, like, like here's the thing. It, wrestling is more so this, where you have to be part of the inner circle to be accepted by the people doing the work, right? So a guy in a suit showing up and saying, okay, well, we're going to kind of, instead of doing X, we're going to do Y. There's always going to be pushback for that. Always. Um, I don't think it's. I don't. I, I, you know, in in one in one on one hand, I'm. I think it is a little troubling because there is this this again bubbling of stuff, but on the other hand, I just think that uh, it's just the you know people trying to negotiate contracts. <laughs> I really do. 
Um, I don't think, but here's here's the one thing. I don't think this is like, I don't think the elite are calling Dave and saying, "Hey, do me a favor, uh, put this little, throw this out there, so that we can get more money." Like he's probably in conversations with Bucks and Omega and whatever. You know, he's probably in regular conversations with them, and it's been said by them, and he's reporting on that. That I mean, if if a major football player, and you you are a reporter, Joel, and you're in, uh, we'll pick a locker room. You're in Arsenal's locker room, and uh, you have access to the players, and you know it might be off the record. You're in conversation with one of them, and they mention you know their their contract, and they're like, oh, you know, blah blah blah, uh, and they talk to you off the record or whatever. You might not go in your newspaper and say that whoever John Jones said he is fucking, but he you might insinuate things in your piece that this is happening, and it happens all the time in in the media. It happens all the time. I know it. I've worked in it in twenty years. I've seen it. I've had it happen. Right where it's not so much. The player saying exactly what it, it's more of they're off the record and they're kind of giving you what the situation is. Um, so that's that's why I think the situation is here with the Bucks. <clears throat> um, it's a contract ploy, and that's that. Do I think it's other Japanese that are of ish, that have an issue? I'm gonna be truthful. How how the fuck would you, would would a would a Dave know? I, I don't think Dave has many Japanese contacts within New Japan. I really don't. I think I think the people that so this talk- would sound like the the people his, his usual contacts saying to him, "Oh, it's not just us; it's the Japanese guys as well." Rather than the Japanese wrestlers contacting him directly. Yeah, I really do. I I, I mean, unless he has the, I mean, he's never going to give a, give out his sources, and that's fine. But it might be just a, you know, here's the thing too, dude. It might just be a case of he's getting text messages from people. You know, I we open a show with you know various messages and and feedback that we get from people that listen to this podcast, and maybe that he's just getting feedback from people within Japan and and within you know somewhere within the the confines of, and structure of pro wrestling in Japan, and he's just getting feedback like that. I mean, it could be something as as, as simple as that. Um, look again, I just it's 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 all these things. At the same time, that that concerned me, right? Did you hear about shit like this two years ago? Did you hear about shit like this four years ago? And New Japan's always had issues with stars wanting more, right? I mean, you go down the list of the fucking company from Anoki to Chochu to Fujinami to uh, Maeda. To I mean, the list is long of people who you know who wanted more. I mean, it's pro wrestling, and when you get to the top, you want more. You want as much as you can. Um, and I think this this is a perfect example of that. So, what percentage chance would you say there is of the elite actually leaving New Japan and signing with WWE? I think it's very good. I'll I'll say right here as we do a podcast. I think the chances are very good. I do. I don't. I think. And again, I. I. It. Not only do I think that they are leaning more that way. I think 
the fans of this product are resigning to the fact that this is going to happen and they're becoming okay with it. And they're seeing it as a positive as opposed to what people could perceive it as a negative. You know, we talked about Madison Square Garden. It's built on Omega. It's built on the Bucks. And it's built on this. And the company would be dead. They're already making plans. This company right now, Joel, all these booking decisions that are happening, what this is to me is the company making plans and being prepared for when that day happens. Look at you. Let me ask you. The idea of of Jay White right now leading a Bullet Club faction. You mean to tell me that's not a setup just in case things happen? That, that's that's called being prepared. They're they're phasing out. I mean, the Bucks are not on the tag league tour. Right? They lose the straps, they're not on the tag league tour. I don't know. It just seems to me like it's a it's a step in the direction to make stars and to be set up for when they do leave. Because I do. I, right now, if you ask me, with a knife to my throat, a gun to my head, a rope around my toe, and a finger in my butt, I would say, <laughs> I would say, I don't know why that, uh, I would say that, yes, they are leaving. Okay, so you don't think there's anything to these rumors about All In 2 being arranged then? Because obviously, if they sign for WWE, then that's off the table. Well, again, they can they could do All In 2 and then leave the next day. Right, they could sign their contract and be you know, gone as of I don't know. I'm I'm throwing dates in the air. Uh, they're officially WWE on March first, but All In is February sixteenth. Right. Okay. Yep. Well, it, funnily enough, I did run a poll on our Twitter account, which was inspired by a similar poll that John Carroll did from Voices Wrestling. So. I asked our followers, if the Elite left New Japan, would you watch the product more, less, or the same? 17% said they'd watch it more, 8% said they'd watch it less, and 75% said they'd watch it the same. There you go. Now, I am aware of the fact, again, this, this bubble thing could be an issue here because the kind of people that follow us probably share similar opinions that we do. And there's probably tons of people out there who would be genuinely upset by the elite leaving so much so that they would stop watching new japan i'm not denying that those people exist but out of our followers only eight percent said they would watch it less and 75 percent said they'd watch it the same i think this is people like myself who just enjoy the product in general and would not stop watching it if anyone left even if my favorite wrestler left i wouldn't stop watching it so i think there's something to that as well did those poll results surprise you at all a little bit uh, even though, as you described, that you know our listeners, but I think we have a very diverse group of listeners, and I think we have a a, a group of listeners that like the product for different things. I mean, one of the biggest criticisms that the Purecast had was that we were that bubble. It felt like, and we really didn't have a a, a wide variety of of fans who liked the product for different reasons. We had a few, but it all seemed to be cut from the same cloth. Uh, where I feel like we have a, a much more diverse audience listening to this show um, and a much wider audience. And um, so I, I, I'm, a, I'm a little surprised of those numbers, but 
you know, I think I I really do feel like people are just kind of more preparing themselves for the inevitable of them leaving, and 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 that it's okay for that to happen. Um, I, I I really do. I, I don't I don't know if if the numbers are a one hundred percent true representation of our fan base, but um, I I I I, I want to believe that. I, I'm I'm worried that people might take those numbers and look at those numbers and and say that we don't like Kenny Omega, which or the Bucks, which which is couldn't be further from the truth. I just think that a lot of the people are sick and tired of, and it feels like we do this every year, right? This whole holdout, like it's just here's here's the biggest problem that I have right now. Everything is about them. It feels like you know what I mean. Like we're gonna hold up the company, and and we're not gonna sign, and we're gonna weigh our options, and we're gonna do all like this is all based off of their whim, you know. And that's I guess maybe where I have the biggest problem that it's it doesn't. F- I don't know. Just if you're going to stay, stay. If you if you're not going to stay, leave. Right? Like you know in your heart. And if you don't know in your heart, guess what the deciding factor is at this point? It's how many zeros are on the check that you're going to get. Right? Because at this point you already know the logistics. Oh, I'm going to be away a lot or I'm not going to be away a lot. Uh the travel's going to be lighter or the travel's not going to be lighter. Uh I'll probably be this kind of guy in in the company, or oh, I have an opportunity to be this kind of guy in the company. Like I would think, all of that is already sorted out in your head. The only other thing left is how much, how many zeros are going to be on the check. That's it. That's that's that. This is where this has come, right? At this point, Joel, if if this were you, wouldn't you already have all of that sorted out in your head? Minus, okay, well, how much would I get paid versus how much would I get paid for the other option, right? You don't already have it all sorted out. That's that's what we're waiting for. So the company and the direction and all this shit is in limbo because it's 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 about how many zeros am I going to get on a check? I think that's the main crux of where people have a sour taste right now with all three of them. Yeah, and I just want to jump on the back of that and say that I like Kenny Omega. I yes. he, was one of my favorite wrestlers because I I flew out to Osaka because I wanted to see him win the IWGP heavyweight title and I did and it was amazing and that's going to be one of my best wrestling memories ever so I don't want him and the Bucks to leave because I think they're tremendous wrestlers and I will be sad if they do leave but historically New Japan has recovered when stars like that have left because everyone goes back to the famous example when Nakamura AJ Styles and um, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows walked out and they were just fine after that. So if the elite leave, I'm not saying that we want them to leave. If they do, New Japan will be just fine. But th- this whole topic and the things that you're mentioning did does lead into nicely a, a question we got from Ika who says, do you find a comparison between the clique and the elite to be fitting currently? Because there are the same sort of diva-ish tendencies that I think do fit both of those groups. Do you think that's a fair comparison? Um, I, I, I think if we put a, a, a timestamp on where we are right now in wrestling history and in two or three years, there will be some type of shoot interview or something 
where it will kind of tell the tale of where we are now in the company. Um, I can't say that because I don't know how he how they act, and like I can't say that. Uh, and and in every you know, I you, you, if you go online, there's really not a lot of bad things said about either of them. And in a backstage, you know, uh, politicking kind of thing with those guys, right? Um, so I don't, I can, I don't know if it's the same because the the click were just they were they were brutal with that. Um, so I don't have an, I can't give a, a direct connection. With, with with those two groups, but you know, uh, I I wouldn't be surprised, right? It is pro wrestling, and and at the end of the day, people are are pro wrestlers, and they're looking out for themselves. Um, at the end of the day, that's 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 the honest to god truth. Um, and and this whole idea of I want to change pro wrestling, okay? Uh, all right, all right. Uh, well, I, I, I think, I, I, again, at this point, you could very easily say, "I'm leaving" or "I'm not leaving." I'm staying. Here's this is what I'm doing, and sign a, an extension or not, right? Or not, um, and make that decision. So, uh, the longer it goes without an, a, a contract renewal, it, it's, it's. I th- look. I, I might be beating around the fucking bush here. I think they're going. I think I, I think they're going. Well, I noticed something online over the past couple of days, and we've got a question about it as well. Tom Talk stuff says uh, the Bucks, Hangman, and Skull have tweeted that their latest Bullet Club shirts are the final Bullet Club style shirts. Are we getting worked? So my initial reaction to that was I just thought that they were breaking away and were going to be the elite rather than Bullet Club, and Bullet Club was going to be the the Jay White led, uh, you know, Tamatonga, that heel faction that we saw appearing towards the end of King of Pro Wrestling. So, do you think there's anything to read into that with Bucks and Hangman and Skull saying it's their last Bullet Club style shirt? Um, possibly, possibly. Um, uh, yeah, but I think it's more along the lines of, uh, at least for a little bit anyway, elite stuff and and Bullet Club stuff, and the, and the line has been drawn with that. Jay White is Bull Club, and Kenny Omega, and that, and those, they're they're elite, and that's where it's going to be for at least a couple months. Okay, and we got an interesting question here from Nicole. He says, "Let's say Kenny does leave for greener pastures, wherever those lay. If he goes scorched earth on the way out, complaining about how he was booked post Dominion and confirm the rumors about May messing with the front office." Does May get shown the door? If the whole no. reason he got hired was to push Western expansion, but he manages to lose Kenny, surely that goes down as a major fail, right? Um, I mean, everybody... Look, I know everyone, my, our, uh, myself included, this podcast included, has put a crown on Kenny Omega as the champion of Western expansion. And if it's not for Kenny Omega... This thing doesn't get off the ground. I don't know if I fucking buy that. I don't. And maybe it's me just saying it because I I feel like he's gone and I'm going to kind of compensate for the fact that he's gone and and he really wasn't the reason, blah, 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 blah. It's 
it's a loss. It's it's a big loss. It is. We can't deny that. Who else in North America is selling shit in fucking Hot Topic right now? Right? It's Kenny Omega. It's the Bucks. You can't hand wave that. Is it a fail if he walks? Yeah. Yeah. It is. If you're looking at it objectively, yeah, it's, it's it. Yeah. He has to sign him. And he has to sign them. Again, the, the your who else? I, 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 I'll go back to it. who else is selling. Who else is as marketable? Who else is as popular in New Japan right now? Let's put it this way: Is Jay White selling shit at Hot Topic? Is uh, uh, I don't know. Is Trent Beretta <laughs> selling stuff is, you know, I would love to see the numbers of how much Los Ingobernables stuff is being sold in the U.S. compared to Bullet Club, Kenny Omega, Elite, Young Buck stuff. I think I think we all know the answer to that. It's if he's – if the question is, is it a failure if they do not re-sign Kenny Omega and the Bucks? Yes. Yeah, I believe it is. But enough to for him to get fired, or something that he can recover from as. President. Oh, I, here's the thing: I, I, I he can recover, but I think it it's going to be a more difficult road to navigate, for sure. Joel, come uh, come come April, Madison Square Garden. If the Bucks and Kenny Omega aren't on that show, I guarantee you, there's going to be. I'll throw a number at it out at half. Half of that audience is going to be upset. Yeah, we got a question about that. Aspir said, asked us, as MSG ticket holders, would you guys be angry if the elite signed with WWE next year and missed the show? It's not like they're advertised for the show, but I'd expect some sort of backlash, probably some more ROH-centric fans trying to sell their tickets at least. As a ticket holder myself, I'd be a little bit disappointed in not getting to see Omega Live for the first time, but it'll probably just mean I get to see even more New Japan wrestlers than just the elite, which I'd be happy with for sure. Maybe they'll finally let Kojima bring Bread Club to the West. Now, actually, Kojima did bring Bread Club to OTT. He was there in Ireland uh, today or yesterday, I think, and people were throwing bread at him in the ring. So he has actually, he's already made it to the West, but certainly it will be a fine addition to MSG. Like, personally, given the fact that I've seen Kenny Omega twice this year in big matches, I saw the Jericho match, I saw him win the title of Okada, I've seen the Bucks in great matches as well uh i would not be heartbroken if they weren't at that msg show i'd be a bit disappointed sure because i'm fans of theirs and i like seeing their wrestling but it's not gonna severely affect my enjoyment of the show i would be excited to see who gets slotted in their places instead and like i said earlier i'm a fan of new japan pro wrestling not exclusively a fan of the elite so that's just me but as you say i suspect I could be in the minority there. There might be a sizable proportion of people who've got tickets for that who'd be really pissed off if the elite weren't there. There will be. There absolutely will be. And here's another thing, too. This is this is going to be a New Japan moment in Madison Square Garden where collectively fans of this product are going to be in the biggest building it could possibly be. And here's what my fear is. Two matches in of this show, everybody is on their mobile device and everybody's getting the text messages, and everyone's getting the tweets, 
and everyone's getting the the notifications on their phone. Kenny Omega and Young Bucks are five miles away at the Barclays Center, you know, and they're and they're going to make an appearance there. That would deflate. Is that the, the takeover show? Yeah, yeah. That would be that would be a major balloon deflating moment. I'm telling you right now. That's the last the last thing that New Japan would want to have happen is that to have happen where it's Vince would love that wouldn't he? Oh, you you mean he would he's got a boner right now just thinking of it. Like he's got a boner with Saudi money wrapped around. <laughs> like his pants are down. He's Scrooge McDuck diving into a pile of Saudi money uh thinking of and and then and then salivating at the at the idea of that, he that would be his his wet dream. That that would be a worst case scenario. That would just be a. Uh, how do you recover? How does that show recover if that happens? That it, it would be a rough night. Uh, but you personally, would you be disappointed if uh, Kenny Omega and the Bucks weren't at that show? I'll be drunk. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we'll like, have people handing me bags of crisps people yeah. wearing our t-shirts yeah. worshipping us for the celebrities that we are we won't give a fuck uh, we won't give a fuck uh, we won't even know there's a there are matches going on you kidding me we're, we're there to be pampered oh my god uh, it would be uh, look again you said it moments ago uh, we love Kenny Omega love him his in ring I think is great. I know that there are people that that the hand wave some stuff. I, the best live match I ever saw in my entire life. He was involved in some of the, the the greatest matches I've ever seen. Period. He's been involved in. So I'm not hand waving him because we actually do like him. It, it's the uh, it's it's this this stuff is uh, you're, you you kind of it's enough is enough. Enough is enough, and all the little leaks and all the little uh, tweets, and they're arguing over fucking Twitter, which I can't stand. Ah, oh, do I hate when wrestlers argue over Twitter? Oh, my fucking god! And even if it's if it's legit or they're just pro wrestling us or whatever, it in any form or fashion, it stinks. And I wish. I, I've, I've said it before. I, I I pray to the heavens above that one day somebody decides that pro wrestlers are no longer able to use Twitter. I would be the happiest fucking person in the world because the nonsense, where's the the, the the supposed feuds that get started on Twitter? Every single one of them stink on ice. Stay off Twitter, wrestlers. Stay off of it. it you're you're terrible. So the Chinese government have got the right idea then. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, yep. YouTube, all banned. Banned. That would be good for pro wrestling. It would be it would be remarkable for pro wrestling. It'd be the best thing that happened in twenty years. Speaking of Harold Bay, the favorite thing that I saw recently was a rumor. I saw this uh from on Twitter at Radical Totoro, which said Harold is mad at Juice Robinson for having sex in a hotel room that Harold paid for. <laughs> <laughs> really why would it all right let me ask you this if Joel, let's again you're, you're, let's just pretend you're not married right 
uh, you come to New York City, I pay for your hotel room. We go out to the bars, we have a good time, we meet some people, blah, blah, blah. I, I'm like, all right, Joel, have a good night, I'm out. All right, take care, mate, boom. I'm going to stay at the bar, just get a couple more, and I'll be, all right. In that meantime, you meet a young lady. Oh, and by the way, I paid for the hotel. Uh, okay. Or an old lady. No, not an old lady. I paid for the, I paid for the hotel, all right? And you meet somebody. You meet a young lady, or an old lady, as you like to say. Uh, and you uh, get romantic. And, uh, you know, you're fucking. <laughs> um, have full sex with yes, a woman. Yes. Coitus interruptus. Um, you did it all. Everything was explored. Am I going to come to you and be like, dude, <laughs> you, that, I paid for that hotel. Like, that makes no sense to me. Why would any man be upset that another man had sex in a hotel that I don't care who paid for it? What is? I don't understand why we do. I don't need on what grounds. Here's the thing: it's not like they. If this were true, it's not like Juice Robinson fucked somebody in Harold May's bed. You know what I mean? Right? It's a hotel room. He totally would, though. Oh, he would. Juice would. I would. I would. Fuck yeah. I'd be like, yeah. I mean, we saw what his apartment looked like in that little video at the beginning of Dominion. He's got yeah. a nice place. Yeah, if that that New York spread is, is, is he's doing all right for himself. He's definitely doing all yeah, right. Yeah, while Harold's in the shower because he, he takes a long time in the shower. You he can, does you get your business done there. Yeah. Harold comes out of the shower and he's dressing. What, what, what are you doing? Nothing. <laughs> what your name? No, it's not what you think. Listen, I could be done before Harold gets done brushing his fucking teeth. Are you kidding me? I'll be like in and out, done. Nothing. You don't know nothing. Uh, a pillow won't even be moved. Oh, Harold. Now we're talking about banging chicks and, <laughs> and Harold. <laughs> All Harold. right. Let's get this thing back on track. Okay. Uh, Tejas asks, who would you push if the elite left? So let's say they're handing you the book, Damon. Bucks are gone. Kenny Omega's gone. Who do you elevate? And what pieces do you move around to yeah. compensate for that loss? Well, the good news is, is that everybody does move up. And, every, and things do get shuffled. So uh, I think they have already taken those steps with with uh, Jay White. I think uh, Juice would would be one of those people that that get a second look and a and a, and a new uh, energy behind him. Uh, I think that's where it starts. I think that that's where it starts. I think young lions become you know more developed and more ready. Um, I think evil, I, and I think Los Gobernables in general. I think it's. I, I would think that, that they would get a continued, you know, strong push. I hate to say it, but you know, they're they're positioning the Bullet Club, the new, the new and improved Bullet Club. They're, they're positioning them for a top spot, so they'll be a focal point for sure. Um, and then, you know, your usual suspects, Okada, Tanahashi, um, Naito. Yeah, but I think Jay White and Juice have the most to benefit from this. 
Yeah, I'm going to read a question here and jump in on the back of it. Final Flash 22 says, am I the only one highly disappointed with the amount of talent that's simply forgotten and is not given any meaningful direction? Naito's been puzzling all year for sure, but it feels like people also forget Sonata, who had a stellar G1, but is now firmly in the background. Also, is it too soon to be concerned about JY as a potential big four-level guy? Unable to produce a great match despite working with Omega Okada and three times with Tanahashi. Yes, he's beaten all three, but they felt hollow. Cheated against Okada and Tanahashi, Omega win felt like a fluke. So, first thing I would say to that is, it's normal that some people get downcycled when you're pushing one guy. You can't push everyone at the same time. So, LIJ will come back. They will have their moment. Tanada... That's a difficult one because we've got another question coming up later on, but I'm struggling to see where he would fit in at Wrestle Kingdom. But I think it is too soon to be concerned about Jay White because a lot of people I heard from absolutely loved his match with Tanahashi against King of Pro Wrestling. They thought it was his best match and that's got rave reviews. So a lot of people liked it much more than I did. So I think there there's every chance he is being positioned as the next foreign ace, like very much how... AJ Styles was when he first arrived uh, where Kenny Omega when he took over from the Bullet Club so you got the blueprint there for the foreign heel ace and I think there is also a very good chance that he runs through that storyline as being the the heel leader of Bullet Club but I could easily see Jay White being a very popular babyface if he does eventually turn and then I think there is room for him to start breaking out the the top quality matches getting in the five star classics because without Scampi agrees with me without all the the interfering and the cheating and everything I think that the prospect of main event style Jay White matches without all that is very very exciting to me so I could definitely see Jay White with his good looks and how good he is on the mic being a a massively popular baby face in the future yeah Um, again the 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 biggest his biggest hurdle right now is just having one of those matches that lights the the world on fire. Like that's that's all he needs, and I know that's easier said than done. But um, truth be told, that's all he needs. And then you know he could very easily slide into that Kenny Omega spot. He could very easily slide into that top foreign heel and yeah, possibly a babyface. No doubt about it. It's it's there, and then and, and and I don't think there's any any real surprise in that, in the sense that the company is is going, putting all their cards on the table, putting all their chips on the table, and 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 moving in that direction. But for for fans like us and people who watch the product like us, all we need is that one match, really, and it's there. We know it's there. All we need is that one match, and and he could be at that level, absolutely. Yeah, I hope when it comes to the Okada match at the Tokyo Dome, he says to the Bullet Club guys, no, you, you stay backstage for this one. I don't need to handle this by myself. I've got to prove to everyone that I can beat Okada without cheating. That would be nice if he did that. I'm not going to hold my breath, but I think that would be cool if it happens. Um, let's move on then to the Wrestle Kingdom 13 press conference that was earlier in the week between Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kenny Omega. Uh, I don't know if you've seen any of this, but I sat down and watched it. So the gist of it was Tanahashi said that Kenny's pro wrestling isn't elegant and raises too many questions for a first-time viewer, such as why these guys using tables against each other if they're all friends. And Kenny was saying that Tanahashi isn't moving the needle. He um, brought up him pulling out of the Dominion ladder match a couple of years ago, and he says that fans are only cheering because they're praying that he doesn't die. 
Kenny went on to use his real name, Tyson Smith. He oh. called Tanahashi a piece of shit, pretending to be a hero, and says that pro wrestling has moved beyond the simple dynamics of heel versus babyface, but he says he'll quite happily be the bad guy who gets booed in the dome. So from all that that you heard, did it make you excited for the match? Nope. 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 The, the There's nothing that I hate more in pro wrestling than these pseudo-shoot things. Ah, they, they stink. Look. Again, here's another notch in the old uh, Kenny column, right? It's like, can I ask you a question? What what is what is Kenny Omega's vision for what pro wrestling is? Like, what does that mean? His it, 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 we've grown out of heel and face dynamics, and we've grown out of. Uh, people challenging for titles. So what what exactly is his vision for pro wrestling, Joel? Does anybody have a fucking clue what that means? You're probably asking the wrong person. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Probably something that you've seen in an anime somewhere. I, I mean, it's like, to me, his vision of what pro wrestling is, is him doing whatever the fuck he wants to do. That's really what it feels like to me. Like I want to wrestle Kota Ibushi in a in a uh, in a bed of flowers match, and we're gonna have a bed of flowers in, and we're gonna wrestle in a garden, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna fight there, and great. And then my vision of pro wrestling is going Which, to be uh, yeah, that was uh, exactly taken from uh, Metal Gear Solid Three, the final boss fight in a bed of flowers with is that uh, right? two people who. Yeah, yeah, who, who used to have a very close relationship, but were um, by circumstance forced to fight each other to the death. So I think you've nailed it there. I think that wow. could be if he was given the book. What <laughs> what we're getting That's at what... Madison Square Garden? So let's start ordering <laughs> the flowers, <laughs> right? Let's go. Um, but again, I don't know what that means. Like what what what? And and again, if I don't know what that means, and if nobody can explain to me what his vision of what pro wrestling is. And that's the crux of this feud. Then why would anybody give a fuck? Like, I don't, like what? What is he saying? He's saying that. I, I, I help me. I don't. I, I don't know. And that's and that's where I kind of. We talked about this previously. Like, what? What is this feud about? It's 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 nonsense. It's the feud is about this guy feeling like okay you you counted me out with the injuries and you counted me out with my age and you counted me out yet even you know with all the things that I've accomplished and who I am in this company you counted me out and this is kind of I, I'm challenging in the biggest grandest stage in our company and on the biggest show I'm, I have a briefcase where I, I went through a grueling G1 and now my eyes are set on that title not this other nonsense. I don't want to hear Kenny Omega's real name. What what does that do? How what is how does that get people excited for a match? Help me fucking understand this. Like it's those things that just baffle the fuck out of me. Like how is this helping the company? A- aside from helping you and aside from 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 you feeling doing what you want to do. Ugh. Oh, 
There, is there anything worse than a person who feels, I just want to do what I want to do? Ugh. Ugh. Stinks. <laughs> talking about a negative podcast. Jeez. <laughs> I think that the story leading into this uh, Wrestle Kingdom main event is compelling enough without any of this. This is not doing it any favors. I think it's a fascinating story of you know East against West, old against new. Uh, what's the future direction of the company going to be? Is it going to be full steam ahead with Western expansion with Kenny as the champion, or are they going to go back to basics with a, a trusted local hero? That to That's me is good. really, really interesting, and I think the match is going to be amazing. But the the words coming out of both of their mouths are not helping and not right. enhancing my excitement for the match. So, I mean, sometimes I think my enjoyment of wrestling would be enhanced if I just deleted Twitter and didn't basically listen to anything the wrestlers say. If just as soon as the match finished and the the bell rung, I just turned off NJPW World and got on with my life. Right. That's the Western expansionishness, though. That, like, to me, that that's what that that's part of the the, the the challenge that people are having. Look, everything that you said, right? Everything, every scenario that you said, you had to construct in your fucking head, right? It shouldn't be that way. It should that should be plain as day. That you should turn on your fucking television or your stream, and that should be the here's the word narrative right not something where again not to harp on 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 our opening but that the that, that person who sent us the nine paragraph thing of like to me that's like you worked so hard to come up to to connect these dots and it's like what pro wrestling should that you you you, you don't need to be goodwill hunting to be fucking watching pro wrestling you really don't and like all these scenarios and loops and this guy and that guy. What the fuck? Like everything that you just said, you had to kind of deduce and kind of work in your own head. It's the main event at the Tokyo Dome. How fucking complicated does it have to be? Madness. Next thing on my show notes is to discuss the Omega and Tamatonga Twitter beef, although I suspect you might not be that excited about that. So uh, they were going back and forth about it. it. Yeah, what do do you got? Okay, so Tamatonga said, sometimes I wonder if Kota Ibushi knows that he's way better than Kenny Omega and should be the face of the company, but it's being used by his best friend as leverage for his own selfish needs. And then Kenny Omega says... um, Dang, I shouldn't have called you out for the Freddy Krueger act. Personally, I like it when you say bitch a lot. I guess entry-level salary can't afford multiple fines a year, huh? Let's hope those Funko Pop sales help ease the burden during the holiday season. Oh, wait. Uh, <laughs> I asked people on Twitter what they thought of this, and then someone uh, replied, which made me laugh, saying, Kenny Omega hates the poor. So, <laughs> you know, it's just more fuel for the fire that the, probably both of you guys should just log off. But um, and then <laughs> Tamatonga says... Uh, lol, no, 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 you're fine. You know I love me a little competition. Just don't run to your boyfriend, Dave Meltzer, crying about how it's not fun anymore, bitch. So uh, Tyler asks, will the Twitter exchange between Kenny and Tamatonga actually go anywhere with a match slash feud combination? It feels like it should, but how Gado has booked this feud tells me otherwise. So uh, surely these guys are both working, right? Yeah. I mean, I think so. I hate Yeah, you're right. I do. I hate. No, there should not be a match based off of people tweeting each other. N- no, I don't want that. That's 
That's something I certainly don't want. A feud over Twitter. Blech. Uh, they're fighting for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Tanahashi did not like his Instagram picture. What a, what a blood feud we have here. <laughs> Jesus Christ almighty. What is this world fucking coming to? Kenny Omega has blocked Tanahashi on social media. Right. Yeah, seriously. Unbelievable. Tanahashi has a burner account, and he's blasting uh, Kenny Omega on Reddit and on uh, Snapchat. Kenny Omega sent uh, Kota Ibushi a Snapchat, a provocative Snapchat. But Kota Ibushi saved the image, and Kenny Omega was notified. So we're going to have at King of Pro Wrestling a match to determine who gets the rights to the Snapchat picture. Will Kenny Omega delete the picture? Or will Kota Ibushi uh, have to have hit that picture sent out to all of his followers? How compelling. Ugh. <sighs> all right. There we are. <laughs> I'm done. I think you've... I think you've just tapped into what Kenny Omega's vision for pro wrestling is. I think you're right. I think you're right. It, 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 I, 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 I think so. I think so. Like we're gonna, like we would have uh, a Nintendo 64 uh, death match where it's like Mario Kart or something, and uh, it's it's a, a Mario Kart death match. It would be it would be unbelievable. So. Do you think this is leading to a match? Because they don't actually have anything booked in the future. Um, I hope not. Right? I think we know the results of a, of, of a match between those two. I don't like Tamatanga in a singles match. Um... So it might be a tag. He's something. all right, actually. Yeah, you know, the match he had with Kota Ibushi was pretty good i mean apart from all the the fuck finishes i think that hindered tamatonga during his g1 i think he is capable of putting on a better singles wrestling match oh. than the the booking allowed him how to. many I'm times i'm not saying he's the, the greatest guy how world, many fucking no? times you're gonna fall into that trap i mean for years everybody's been saying that and get, show me show me the, the fucking results nah you're not suckering me again nope i don't want to okay what about golden lovers against fine, god fine. I think I think you will see that eventually somewhere. Yeah, um, I think you almost have to at this point, right? You almost have to at this point. Yeah, I, I think uh, tag match and and that would be fine. I wouldn't have a problem with that. I just found it funny seeing all these people, Tamatonga and Tanahashi, both basically saying that Omega is gaslighting Ibushi, who is a thirty-six-year-old adult. Right. Which is a bit strange. Do you think Kota Ibushi has suffered as a result of this Golden Lovers story and the booking? It, I mean, look. Did Kota Ibushi, was, did he suffer from the Kota Ibushi Institute of Higher Learning Pro Wrestling thing? Did Kota Ibushi suffer from not signing a contract at the Classic, the Cruiserweight Classic? Did Kota Ibushi suffer from not signing a long-term New Japan deal. I mean, he's his own dude. I mean, I don't think he's... He's doing what he wants to do. 
Like I like of anyone who who you're gonna point a finger in that locker room and be like, ah, eh, that's probably somebody bitching and moaning. Um, I don't think Kota Bushi's that guy. I think he's <laughs> he's just there to have fun. He he is literally the guy at the party who's like, just I don't care. Just let me do some fucking backflips. I don't give a shit. Um, I can't remember who said this, but someone said that he constantly looks like he's been kidnapped. He does. He does have that look. It's funny. Uh, uh, look, I, I can see where people might say that you know he gets lost in in the shadows and he deserves better. But yeah, at the end of the day, he's thirty something years old. He can he can you know. And, and again, I don't think he's under contract. I don't think he has like a two year deal with New Japan. He can go wherever the fuck he wants to go. Um, and right now he's with Kenny because hey, why why wouldn't why wouldn't you be there with your Quote and quote real life shoot boyfriend. <laughs> oh, sorry. Whoops. I was just gonna say best friend, but okay. Uh real life shoot boyfriend. <laughs> Whatever you want to call it. Why not? All right, moving on. Um apparently Don Callis is done yeah. with New Japan. I uh, again according to Trevor, the Irish wrestling fan, he's got heat with the office. And I saw rumors of Lanny Poffo joining oh. the commentary booth. Did you see that? I did, and and I was going to fire off a, a text to to someone that I know and say, "Can we talk just off the record? Uh, is this even remotely true? Like, is this like I I didn't do it because I just feel like like I just don't like bothering people. Is really what it comes down to. Um, but I was like, this can't possibly be true, right? This has to be an absolute rib. What? In what in God's name? Uh, you know, at least Don Callis had some idea of what was going on in the company and the history of of Japan, and he, you know, it, it was mostly you know he had to catch up to speed pretty well, but um, and pretty quickly. But of all people, Joe, of all people, I could I could put three hundred names in a fishbowl and pull out a name. And come up with something better than Lanny Poffa. Where the fuck did that name come up from? How did that happen? And secondly, I'm a little I'm a little upset that if Lanny Poffo's in the running, where the fuck are we in the pecking order? <laughs> Jesus Christ. We've done more for this company than Lanny Poffo has ever done, will ever do, right? We've done more to promote this fucking company. And they're talking Lanny Poffo? That can't be real. I, I gotta talk to somebody. I gotta fire off a text to somebody because I, I need I need to hear from them that Lanny Poffo is an is an option here. I just saw a tweet that really made me laugh about this from uh, Trevor Damis, uh, Kevin Kelly. Ah, the Rainmaker with another incredible Lanny. There once was a man named Okada. His peers of which there were none. He has the world's best drop kick. Only Gato knows what makes him tick. I can suck my own dick. <laughs> that is the rumor that he can't do that. That is that has always been the rumor that Lanny Poffo can suck his own dick. Wow, is it great that he tied that in? Well done. Who was that? Trevor Dame. Oh uh, yeah, is that the guy with the um uh, the avatar of uh, the guy from Kids in the Hall? I think so. I've never watched it. You never watched Kids in the Hall? I don't know. Oh. No. Oh, you're missing out. Um, but being able to suck your own dick could be quite useful. I mean, those Wrestle Kingdom broadcasts are very, very, very long. So, <laughs> you know, you've got to do something to pass the time. Oh, my goodness gracious. Um, Lanny Puff. I, cannot, I can't imagine that being an accurate thing. Watch <laughs> Power Struggle. Hi, I'm Leaping Lanny Puffo. 
He's got his frisbees. He's throwing it out the The demolition is full of ambition. Shut up for your poems. They all stink. Ugh. Yeah, give me Mark Wozeka, please. Yeah. I'll take that over Lani Poffo, definitely. Uh, next piece of news here is uh, an unfortunate piece of news that young lion Tetsuhiro Yagi has retired for personal reasons. He's been gone for several months following a broken arm. Um, I'm a bit sad about that. I thought he was one of the better ones of that class. And I know that he and Ren Narita had a very close personal relationship. And I was looking forward to, at some point in the future, the two of them becoming a, a really good tag team. So very sad to see Yagi leaving for personal reasons. I don't know what the story is, if something's going to come out about that soon. But uh, disappointing. Yeah, I mean, the thing about it is, though, is that a lot of uh, a lot of young lions actually don't make it through. Like, there's plenty that you you've you've never heard. You know, it's not like everybody who goes through the dojo system comes out and goes on excursion and goes and you know turns into a, a, a Hiromo or uh, a Shonyo or uh, a Devit or you know. Not everybody. They're, 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 it, it happens a lot where guys get either get hurt or they lose their lust for it. You know, it's you know, you we've all heard the stories of how brutal life is in those dojos, and um, and and apparently it's gotten better. It's not as brutal, but yeah, it's 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 a tough life and injuries and and that lifestyle can can really make or break a person. So. Um, while it's disappointing, I- I'm shocked that we don't hear more. To be truthful, I'm shocked that we don't hear more. But um, yeah, you know. there was that Kanemitsu uh, fairly recently, wasn't it? Ter- yeah. I can't remember his first name. Teraki Kanemitsu, who was promising young line and just sort of Walked dropped off the face of the earth. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't imagine every day, <laughs> you know, getting brutalized. <laughs> to, to, let's be honest here, and then making a pot of chonko. To top it off, uh, but it the strong survive in that in that environment. The strong survive, and you know sometimes sometimes it you know it's kind of like the Marines or like the military to a certain degree in the sense of you know some people just have to drop off. They just, it's just too much for them. Like you know, I, I wish them the best. Okay, let's talk about the card for Power Struggle, which will be Saturday, November the third in Osaka. So we have a main event with IWGP Intercontinental Championship, Chris Jericho against Evil. What? We've got... Wow! An Intercontinental title? Yes, I know. Are you kidding? <laughs> really? Wow! The leaves are falling off the, the trees. The leaves are changing! Uh, wow, well, that's exciting news. Okay, good. What else we got? We've got Tetsuya Naito against Zack Sabre Jr. That should be, that should be good. We have got Never Openweight Championship, uh, Taichi against Will Ospreay. That should be good. We've got... Tag team match, Hiroshi Tanahashi and David Finley against Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi. We have got another tag team match with Okada and Beretta against Jay White and Bad Luck Farley. And we have the finals of the Super Junior Tag League. So huh? obviously we will preview that nearer the time with a more comprehensive breakdown. But just the initial reactions. It's been a pretty good card, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I'll take that. That's good. On paper, that looks really good, actually. Um, and we got an intercontinent. We are blessed with an intercontinental title. Does that mean... Uh, what is that? What is that nonsense cruise? Oh, well, he's not defending the title on the cruise, is he? He's uh, he's in a tag match. No, it's a, a six six man tag team match. It's I believe it's Jericho and the Bucks against Omega, Cody, and Marty Scar. 
Vanity Projects. <laughs> um, okay. I, you know what I, I learned? Uh, that's going to be streamed. We, we, it actually is going to be streamed on, if I'm not mistaken, Fight TV, Joel. So, you know. If you, Instant Reaction Podcast. Yeah, great. Um, I heard somebody stealing our thing where we were like, can you imagine a cruise like this being in any other time but right now, like with these specific wrestlers? Like, can you imagine like an 80s four horseman you know, on a cruise like this? Oh my God! Somebody would die. Uh, let me give me. Uh, uh, how about this? Let's throw this at you. Are you watching this cruise? Are you watching this show? Uh, I'm quite interested, actually, wow. just from a sort of sheer car crash uh, point of view, because it's it's going to be terrible, isn't it? I, I look. I I can't imagine it being good, but. Stranger things have happened in the world of pro wrestling. Um, there's no way I'm plunking down money. Now, if somebody wants to send me a something or something and I magically open up my computer and, whoa, I got a thing here. What is this? And I, and my eyes see it, I, I, I will look for the car crash element. I, I will look for the novelty of, of a cruise ship full of black T-shirts in the middle. In the middle of the ocean, um, yeah, I will. I will turn that on for the giggles. That is for fucking sure. Um, but no, there's no way in hell I'm paying for that. Okay, uh, is just wanted to add here as well because we do have this tag team match with Kenny Omega and David Finley on opposing sides. That we do have Omega against Finley and Jeff Cobb against Hiroki Goto announced for New Japan. Lions Break Project One in Anaheim, which was a bit of a strange match up there, Omega against Finley, but I'm quite interested to see that one. But um, going back to this power struggle card, I have a question from JDM who says, "Any chance Evil wins, perhaps with a Naito assist? Naito against Jericho doesn't need a belt, and could also give us a Wrestle Kingdom 13 Intercontinental Title match between Evil and Zack Saber Jr." Huh. Oh, all right, well, I will. I will answer that with a question. Do we think that Evil is intercontinental title worthy? Oh, well, he deserves it more than Jericho. Okay. Although it's a pretty low bar to clear. All right. I don't know. I mean, you're making a star. That's a good question. You're, you're, you're making a star at that point, right? So, I mean, by giving him the title, that's going. That's the thought process. I mean, and, and here's the thing too: Evil does have wins, big time wins over you know G that the G one win was it uh, against uh, Okada, where he literally broke his streak of you know losing. You know, Evil did that. Uh, I, yeah, I think he's very popular. You know, I'm going to say yes, and I particularly if we are facing the, the possibility of the elite leaving, and you do need to start bumping people up, then Evil is definitely one of those people that they would be looking at to move up a notch. And I think he's definitely got the potential. So yeah, I would say I am here for it. Evil with the IC title, yes. Okay, I I will go yes as well, but with the asterisk of we're doing this to make a star. We're doing this to make a star because, on the surface, the gut reaction. There, there. Listen, we had a lot of pause to that. We really had to be like, oh, and usually it's a yeah, absolutely, title, right? 
So again, this is a star making thing. I'm I'm for that. They might need to do that. So um, I would be okay with that. I'd, I'd be fine with that. I've got a question here from Mike in the uh, Discord group, and this was sent a while ago. He's never got around to it. Who was talking about King of Pro Wrestling about Tai Chi facing Osprey? And it's, Tai Chi has mentioned in the past that he liked the idea of being able to use the Never title to pick on juniors. Tai Chi is a particularly weak heavyweight. I don't know if I'd agree with that, Mike. Anyway, and Osprey is a junior. Do you think it's likely we get Osprey challenging for it and winning the Never title and using it as a springboard to face Ibushi? And if it pans out that way, can I get a victory lap for my well-thought-out question regarding these very open-weight issues before the storyline started to show its head? Also, keep in mind that Ibushi challenged Ishii as a junior for the Never title around 2014 or so. Uh, we did touch on it last time, but do you think it's likely that Osprey takes the title off of Taichi at Power Struggle? I do. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of do. Um, and I, correct me if I'm wrong, but that, that was an Andrew Rich original thought, right? That The first up, that yes. we got that. So. Uh, you could do half a victory lap if you'd like, but um, you know you have to hold hands with Rich around the lap. <laughs> that's that's the rule. Um, so no, I, I do, I do, I, I see Osprey winning the title, um, and kind of having that little kind of what we always wanted of having that open weightness to the title. Again, I think that title got pigeonholed with big bruisey you know, flesh smacking Goto, uh, Ishii, Makabe, that, that, that cut from that cloth. Uh, this is, a, this would be a nice change. Osprey wins, uh, new, fresh opponents. Uh, I'm, I'm okay with that. And, and again, I think Tai Chi was the, was the springboard to that, but I think he loses to Osprey here. Yeah. I hope so. That'd be nice. Okay. Let's uh, dig into the super junior tag league which uh, I will be referring to John Carroll's excellent preview and predictions thing that they wrote for the Voices of Wrestling website. So uh, do check that out. I've retweeted it out several times and you can find it up there if you go to voicesofwrestling.com. So previously it's been a single elimination tournament, but now it's a full tag league where you've got eight teams all in the same block facing off against each other. So first of all, Damien, your thoughts on the format of this? Uh, yeah. I, I, you, you, ha- you like it more than the single elimination tournament? Yeah, I do. I mean, you, you get more opportunities for, for more matchups, right? Um, yeah, I, I'm okay with that. I think it makes it even more important. I, I Yeah, no, I got no problem with it. I'm very excited. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So it's going to be similar to the Heavyweight World Tag League, except that's in two separate blocks. Obviously, this is one block. So all the teams will face each other over the course of the Power Struggle Tour, which is going to begin this Tuesday night in Krakowin Hall with the top two teams meeting in the finals at Power Struggle. Let's have a little quiz, Damon. Let's test your history Uh-oh. here. So I'm looking at, at John Carroll's article and the list of the previous Super Junior tag winners. Mm-hmm. Do you fancy your chances in guessing who the winners have been over the past few years? Let, let's go uh, 2010. Uh, I see years. I'm going. Uh, the years is where I'm going to to, to fall apart. I, can I just name random winners in random time? Yeah, okay. okay. That, yeah, that's fair. You name random winners and I'll, I'll tell you right. yes or no which year they were. Beretta and Rocky Romero. Yes, that was in 2016. They defeated ACH and Taiji Shimori in the final. Okay. Um, Alex Shelley and Kushida. Yeah. 
Yes, that was 2012. They defeated Apollo 55 in the final. Okay. Uh, Apollo 55. No, they've never won it. Wow. Okay. They have been runners-up twice in 2010 and 2012. Um, um, Bucks. Yes, they won in 2013, defeating the Forever Hooligans, Rocky Romero and Alex Kozlov. Yes. Uh, how about? All right, what, the, what about I'm, last year's? Last year's. Who the fuck won last year's? Uh, Show and Yo. Correct. They defeated Super 69, ACH and go. Gucci in the final. Oh, I did do that bad, right? Yeah, you did pretty good. Uh, other ones, you missed 2010. It was El Samurai and Koji Kanemoto defeating Apollo 55. In 2014, it was Red Dragon, Bobby Fish and Kyle ah, Riley defeating the Young Bucks. Yeah. And 2015, Matt Seidel and Ricochet, Ricochet defeating Rapongi Vice. That's right. All right, there you go. Matt Seidel and uh, Ricochet was a fun tag team. They they, they were fun. Uh, you say it. You, you tell them, Scamp. Um, he knows. He knows. He's like, fuck he, yeah. He bloody loves Matt Seidel and Ricochet. <laughs> Listen, what, do you, what does that mean? You think he's? Uh, you think your cat's lighting it up? Huh? Uh, no, Four twenty blazers camping. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, that was, that was a good. Thing. And, and, and I've always said I, I missed. I missed Red Dragon. I, I know I can go watch them elsewhere, but I do miss. I do miss the Red Dragon for sure. They were one of my favorite tag teams of all time. All right, not bad there. I, I think this. I think this uh, tag league, the, the lineup. It, uh, I mean, the names. I, I don't think they they they, they could have done better. It's, that's a, yeah, that's a real solid. Let's lineup. go through them. Yeah, we'll, we'll discuss each team, and you tell me. Give, give me a percentage chance of them winning, and your pants down excitement rating for for seeing them in action. Right. So, uh, first of all, we got the champions of El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. Uh, again, using John's article here, previous appearances, 2017, uh, they lost in the semifinals. And in 2014, it was Desperado with Taichi, they lost in the semifinals. So uh, percentage chance of El Desperado and Kanemaru winning, and how excited are you for seeing them? Uh, I like them, because I think they are, again, we've said it before, they are a true solid heel tag team. And I think that that's an element that is missing in pro wrestling. So I don't have a problem with them. Uh, I like them, I enjoy them. Uh, do I think they're going to win? No, usually the, the champions don't because it, it's there to set up championship matches. Um, so uh, I'll say that they do not win the tag league. So the percentages are low. I'll go 10 to 20%. There's some really interesting facts here in this article that uh, if they continue being champions up until Wrestle Kingdom, which I assume they will because I don't think they've got any scheduled title defenses before then, uh, they will have... Okay, I'll see if I read this correctly. It will add another 86 days to their reign. To get a reign longer than 304 days, you have to go all the way back to the fourth champions ever, Shinjiro Otani and Tatsuhito Takaiwa, who held the belts for 348 days between July the 13th, 1999 through June the 25th, 2000. So that was the longest reign in the history of these belts. And um, Despi and Kanemaru may have that record in their sight. So they've all held this belt for a very long time, actually. So I mean, people who have been complaining about poor booking of the junior division and the junior tags in particular i don't think you can level that at the title picture certainly i would like to see some undercard feuds both for singles and junior tag action but i think they've had a pretty good reign as champions they've had a good reign now the only the only thing i would want to investigate further would be and again both those teams long reigns i think i think it's fine how many defenses 
right? So there's, there's a big difference between having uh, – let's put it this way. You know, Chris Jericho. Four. Four defenses. Four defenses in 300 days? Yeah, that's it's, it. Doesn't sound good when you say it like. Sorry, that. right? Probably could have fit a few more in there. Couldn't I mean, yeah. So uh, again, Jericho has been a, the Intercontinental Champion since what March, April, right? How many title defenses? None, <laughs> right? So you know, uh, length is great. <laughs> that's what she said. Uh, but it's. Uh, you know how many defenses in there? That to me, that's that's really a more telling story. Uh, and, and truth be told, the length of 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 the reign without a lot of defenses means that we, we forgot about that. So actually, to me, it's it's more of the opposite of the booking might be a little bit poor on that, um, and it might just be push it under the under the rug kind of thing. And every once in a while, we'll dust off those titles and have a title defense. Um, so again. Food for thought. Okay, next team in Rapongi 3K showing Yo, who won the tournament last year, and Yo appeared in 2013 in a team with Kushida, and they lost in the first round. So Joe Lanza has tipped Rapongi 3K to win the whole thing because they've had a fairly quiet year since they lost the titles, mm-hmm. but this would be a good way to give them some shine and have them coming up trumps in um, Wrestle Kingdom and winning their titles back. Uh, what do you think their chances are of winning this tournament? High, because they are, and then he he kind of read my mind on that, in the sense of they're they're a perfect example of a team that's really kind of done nothing most of the year. That this is their time. If if they're going to do anything, this is the time to do it. Um, and they need to be in the mix. So I would say high. I would probably say seventy five, eighty percent. That they were winning. Now, there's an interesting caveat to the way that they've planned out the fixtures. And I was talking to Joe about this in the Slack group because the opening main event for the Tag League is Sho and Yo against Shingo, Takagi, and Bushi. So Joe said that he's certain that Shingo is going to pin Sho again, but then Rapongi 3K goes and wins the tournaments and the titles because he pointed out that. Usually, but particularly throughout the G1 tour, Yo has taken all the pins. But at King of Pro Wrestling, it was Show that got pinned by Shingo. And uh, not for nothing, he says. So uh, potentially, we are looking at the opening night main event also being the final. Do you see that playing out too? Yeah, and plus, they, they always like the somewhat of a comeback story, right? Where a team might struggle early and then and then kick it into high gear. So. Um, yeah, I can see that. I'm sure. That, that's, uh, yeah, I can see that. Uh, but, okay. but, uh, but I will say this, go, that, uh, that, uh, I do think, uh, Shinga, I don't, I mean, well, we'll, we'll, we'll read off the other names. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. So next team is the LIJ team of Bushi and Shingo oh, Takagi, who <laughs> some people have affectionately labeled Bushingo. Ooh. So previous appearances, 2010, Bushi was with Negro Casas. They lost in the first round. 2013, Bushi with Valiente, lost in the semis. 2014 was Bushi with Mascara Dorada, who you now know as uh, Grand Metalik, who's doing fuck all in 205 Live. And in 2017, it was Bushi with Hiromu, and they lost in the semis. So your thoughts on Bushingo? Well, uh, to me, they're the odds on favorite. Um, so between them and Sho and Yo, who I think we'll see in the finals. I do. I, I think that's, I think it's a 
that's a, that might be the, the the way we go with that. So um, I'm I'm at 80, 90 percent of them winning. Uh, I like the tag team. I think it's going to be a fun new dynamic. Uh, we'll get the, a lot of people will be seeing Shingo for the first time, um, and you're in for a treat. I think it's going to be good stuff from him. I forgot to mention last time we spoke about how funny it was on the King of Pro Wrestling show when Naito announced Milano Collection AT as the new Pareja. Yeah. Did you catch that? Yeah. That was really funny. And then <laughs> Milano is, yeah. is, yeah, he's putting up his X, but then people were thinking, oh, X, he's the new X. Yeah. So I thought that was really funny. Uh, question about Shingo. Do you think he is long-term going to be in LIJ? Do you think he's somewhat redundant when Hiromu comes back? Mm, no. I think he's there. I think that's the spot. I think the, the the better look is, you know, is he going to stay a junior or move up to heavy? And I think, again, I said that preview shows that he's, you know, he's not sticking around juniors for long. I, I, I don't think he's there to be a junior. He's there to move up to heavyweight. And he'll do just fine there as well. So, um, no, I wouldn't be worried about that. Singlet or tights? Which do you prefer for the Shingo look? Do you think he looked a bit weird in the tights? Yeah. Yeah, more singlet. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, there's some guys that just look right in a singlet. Uh, like, you know, imagine like a, like a Jeff Cobb in a fucking you know, tights. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, he's, he's singlet. He's a singlet guy. Are you, what are you? Are, are you a tights or a singlet guy? Well, I'm used to seeing Shingo in a singlet, so it was just a bit strange for him. I'm saying you. him in the tights. But uh, you get in a ring. <laughs> Are you going tights or singlet? Uh, I've worn a singlet once or twice before when I did a triathlon. Really? Well, it was a sprint distance triathlon. Oh. And it was kind of comfortable. So, yeah, I'm going to say singlet. Yeah, I'm definitely singlet. No doubt. No, no, nobody wants to see me in a pair of fucking tights. That's for sure. <laughs> no fucking doubt. Okay, next team we've got Kushida and Chris Sabin. Uh, lots of previous appearances for Kushida. 2010 with Gado, 2012 with Alex Shelley, 2013 with Yo, 2014 with Alex Shelley, 2015 with Alex Shelley, and 2016 with Hirai Kawato. So, your thoughts on this team of Kushida and Chris Sabin? Any chance? Uh, how far do they make it? And are you excited for seeing them in action? Ah, uh, they're good. I mean, they'll, they'll they'll produce good matches. We know that. All, th- all three of the teams that we talked about so far go- will we'll do that. Uh, I-, I don't think I have a snowball's chance in winning. But, uh, and Chris- Saban's got to be the pin eater, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You-, yeah. you can't have Kushida getting pinned as the champion. junior champion. Yeah, yeah, he's going to be eating plenty of pins. Um, and that's why he's there, and that's fine. You know, and we-, we know how this works. Great matches, I think, that we'll get from him- from that team. But, yeah, they're not going to go too far. Middle of the road or lower middle of the pack is where they'll wind up. Okay, next team, we've got the Bullet Club OGs team of Taiji Ishimori and Robbie Eagles. Nice. Now, I did go and check out that Robbie Eagles match against Will Ospreay from PWA Call to Arms 2017, and it was fantastic. You can find that for free on YouTube, so definitely worth checking out if you want to see what Robbie Eagles has got in his locker. So, your thoughts on this team, Great. please? Great. I mean, how can you go wrong, right? Uh, look, we, we get, we're, we're four or five teams in talking about it, and just the names that we're rattling off. It's going to be a f- – do not – as the kids say, do not sleep on these road to power struggle shows. They're going to be fucking good. It really, it, it really is up to the time that they give these matches and, okay, we're in the middle of nowhere, Japan. Are we going to give full effort? If they, if they go 
if they put any effort into this, this this is going to be a sleeper tournament of the year. If it's the, the, just the lineup alone, if they give this any effort, this has and put me down for this. This has the opportunity to be a sleeper tournament of the year. I think people are going to be clamoring for this uh, and talking about this tournament um, after it's done as being one of the best things New Japan has done all year. Yeah, likewise. I'm tremendously excited about it. I love a good tag match. And I think for, all again, all the criticism that New Japan gets for their booking of the juniors, here we've got another entire tour where the juniors are the focus yep. and they're the main events of it. So definitely excited to see them getting a, a chance in the spotlight to show what they can do. Uh, next team, Super 69, ACH and Ryusuke Taguchi. Interesting note here. I saw uh, recently ACH said goodbye to AAW. What do you think that means? Do you think that means he's going full-time with New Japan? Because some people interpreted that as he's going to WWE, but he didn't say that at all. So what do you think? Um, I'll be honest with you. Don't know. What do I think? I'll tell you what I want. I would love to see him full-time New Japan, of course. I think he's talented. Everybody says that. I mean, Christ. It's like anytime, anytime ACH's name is brought up, it's like the first thing out of people's mouths is, how come this guy's not fucking, why don't they sign this guy? Um, hopefully, look, he, if, if anybody deserves a, a, a at least a shot, is it's this guy, in my mind. I hope it's with New Japan. I don't think it's WWE. So, fingers crossed. Okay, and what do you think about this ACH Taguchi team of, uh, what, what did I say? Called? Super 69. Uh, how do you think they'll do in the tournament? And are you looking forward to seeing them? Uh, I, 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 yeah. Again, I think ACH is tremendous. And I think Taguchi can be tremendous. Um, I, again, I think we'll see more comedy thrown in there. And it may not be my cup of tea, but it'll be... Sprinkled in with some good matches, but they'll be middle of the pack. They're not winning this thing. Middle of the pack. They're not making the finals either. Middle of the pack. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think mid- middle of the pack is where we'll see them. And the next team, we've got Volador Jr. and Soberano Jr. So an interesting note here that I saw on Twitter from uh, at Lucha Blog, who retweeted this comment saying that... Uh, from Fredo Esparza, Soberano Jr. confirms that he was going to be in a Coppa Halasson Suriano, but due to the New Japan tour, he was replaced by Templario. And Luchablog says this suggests Dragon Lee was scheduled for the tag tournament until he got booked on that never-ending island trip. So I think I mentioned a few weeks ago about Dragon Lee uh, doing this reality TV show on an island. Mm. like, um, I don't know what, it, what it's called, Survivor, like Survivor it is. Yeah. Yes, yeah, and he's been there for a while, and he seems to be very popular, and he's doing rather well. So he's still out there, but uh, it's, perhaps he was supposed to be Volador Jr.'s partner, but now Soberano Jr. has come to take his place. Um, I've never seen Soberano Jr. in action. What about yourself? No, not, again, I, I, if, if there's one thing where I struggle, it's it's keeping up with uh, the Triple A's and the CMMLs and all. I don't even think Triple A's that thing anymore, is it? Um, all that. I'm not a Lucha guy. And come February, where they do their Fantastic Mania, you know, I can't say it's. I mean, it's it's not a favorite time. It's it's, it's okay, but I don't watch. Like I I don't think I sit and watch uh, a lot of the Lucha stuff. 
that's for sure. So, no, I haven't, but uh, I'm expecting masks and flips. I don't think I'll be too far off. Yeah, I'm excited to see these guys coming up against the you know the power wrestlers like show like Shingo yeah. and seeing the the dynamics of those in action. But uh, they're not winning it. No, they got no chance. No, zero. And next team we have Jushin Thunder Liger and Tiger. Winners four. The winner, <laughs> the winner at all. Go, go, Tiger. Yeah. Uh, I I want to. S- no, they're not getting close. But it would be fun if they had like a nice run to kind of wet your palate and get you thinking that maybe they could do the old uh, one more run kind of thing. But no, nah, they they're not going to do that. So yeah, New Japan never do that. They, they really don't. They they don't like doing that at all, do they? Uh, I, they? I I think it's not unlikely that they open up with quite a successful run. Maybe they win their first two or three, right. like they did with Tenzan and the G One a while ago, like they did with Tiger Mask in this year's Best of Super Juniors. Yeah, yeah, they'll be lower lower pack. They're, they're there to eat pinfalls and get other people over, which is fine. I mean, they're they're fifty something years old. No, no need to be winning, but it would be nice to get kind of tease that a little bit. And I think they might do that. They might tease it a little bit, but uh, yeah, they're going to be lower the pack. Okay, so just to confirm, you think we're getting a final of Show and Yo against Shingo and Bushi, and you're picking Show and Yo to win the whole thing? No, I'm t- I'm taking Bushi and Shingo. Cause interesting. Yeah, yeah, I'm, t- I'm taking that. Um, and then. I I I I mean, I, to me, it, do you, do you, do you start there with with tag champions? Them as tag champions. I think so. The reason I say that is because if they don't win this, then what are they going to be doing at Wrestle Kingdom? That's what I'm saying. That's I think it's too early to be putting Shingo in a a title shot against Kushida. Right. I mean, you could. And unless you, they're going to be lost in like the the never six man bullshit, then I think that would be a bit of a waste. Yeah, I mean, I, I, so that's why I'm saying that it kind of feels like that's going to be the case. Um, let me ask you this: Would for Kushida, would you rather see Shingo or would you rather see Ishimori? I've, I would be equally excited for either match, but. Uh, I'm going to lean towards Ishimori because he and Hiromu had what may well end up being my favourite match of the year as the final of the best of the Super Juniors. I thought that was an outstanding match. It was near flawless. So I think Ishimori deserves another chance on the big stage in a singles match. And him versus Kushida could blow everyone away. Uh, Shingo, he he can wait his turn. And he will get his chance. Okay. All right. So you're saying... Who, who are you saying win, is winning this? I said last week, I think Shingo and Bushi. I'm going to stick with that. But I guess we will see on Tuesday how that main event goes down. Because I think whoever wins that main event is going to be losing in the final to whoever lost the main event, mm. if if you see what I mean. Yeah. So basically, whoever loses that main event is going to win the tournament. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, we're on the same page. All right. Good. Uh, this should be fun. I mean, I'm looking forward to this. Um, I, I know... In in recent shows, we may have a little bit of a negative cloud around us, but look, we're pumped for this. We're excited for this, and 
I think everybody should be because I think, like I said, I think at the and when this is done, we're going to be looking back on this one, and it's going to be one of those. It's going to be one of the better things New Japan is known for in 2018. Uh, that that's my hot take for the day. Yes, and everything will be airing. So whatever isn't that, there are going to be four live Karakuen shows. And everything that's not on those is going to be uh, video on demand later. Probably be single cam like it was during the best of Super Juniors. So you will get a chance to see everything, although it won't all be live. Andrew Rich asks, could this be the best Super Junior Tag Tournament slash league ever? I thought last year's was great, but I think this year has a chance to blow it out of the water because of the calibre of wrestlers involved and the new block format. Also, which of the five new slash semi-regular slash guest teams are you most excited about? Bushi Shingo, Team CMLL, Motor City Time Splitters, Super 69 or Eagles Ishimori? Uh, so, yeah, I think definitely this probably will be the best Super Junior Tag Tournament league ever. Um, I, I can't say I've seen any other ones, but just by the, the quality of the talent, just top to bottom, I think those are eight really fantastic teams. They're all bringing something different to the table. You've got the grumpy veterans, you've got the power wrestlers, you've got the, the high flies, the lucha guys, you've got old guys, you've got new talent, you've got young guys. So you've got a bit of everything in there. So I think we're going to have very different styles of matches. I don't think you're going to get bored of the, the stuff that they're putting out there. And I think they will be quite keen to go and prove themselves a lot of those guys so it's not going to be like the the world tag league where some people are just phoning it in especially with guys like robbie eagles and shingo and soberano jr i think they're going to be out to make a point and say i should be here full time so as far as andrew's question goes which i'm most excited about i really like the look of eagles and ishimori i think that's a very exciting pairing Uh, and the dynamics of of them with Ishimori being quite a small but very compact and again he's got some good power wrestling and Robbie Eagles as the high flyer I think that should be really interesting yeah I mean he if if it's not the best it's it's up there right it's it's in the conversation of of just on paper the best talent lineup it's it's good we're not we're not hand waving this one, and 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 there have probably have been years where it's been slightly a hand wave. This is a good one. I'm 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 actually excited for it. So, yeah, um, Ishimori and Eagles. Um, that 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 might be the one that I'm really looking at to be to be the the top gun, top team. Um, Bushi Shingo, that's gonna be fun. Yeah, I mean. I, I go through that lineup. Can you? Can you pass? I, I. I mean, I. There's not a. There's not a match in there that you're kind of hand waving, right? Maybe. No, usually there's like one or two teams where you see them, and you're just like, oh, right. those guys. But all eight of them, I'm excited for. Yeah, because they're all bringing something different. I agree. I'm in. I'm in on this one. This one. This one. They did. A, uh, they did an outstanding job with this one. So uh, let's see what how this plays out. But uh, I'm all in on this one. Uh, please do go and check out John Carroll's preview and predictions thing. As I said, I borrowed a few facts on that, but there's plenty more interesting stuff there. Loads of interesting historical tidbits and, and factoids that will definitely enhance your enjoyment of it. So go and check that out. Uh, let's dig into some of the questions. And we do have a question on the top of the pile from John who says, how excited are the two of you to be on the world famous podcast Wrestling Omakaze in just a few short months? Um, I've never heard of it, Damon. No, I don't. I, what, what, wrestling what? What is it? I don't listen. I don't. I. I didn't. Did we agree to that? <laughs> I don't know. Uh we are. We, we haven't worked out our fee yet, have we? I guess not. There'd be, be a lot of zeros on that check. That's right. As we talked about earlier. 
Uh, yeah, of course we're excited. We're, 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 I'm, a, listen, I like the fact that people are, are interested enough in our opinions, right? Uh, whether it be the eggshell, the great eggshells podcast with uh, Chris Charlton, whether it be, uh, Andrew Rich for the music of the mat, whether it be whomever, right? So yeah, we're excited, right? I'm excited. You excited? I'm excited. We're excited. Uh, yeah, I'm really. I, I've been trying to get on a Makaze for ages, but it's just the time difference thing has been tricky to work out because uh, it's even hard enough for us to do the Super J cast, given that I'm 12 hours ahead of you. So it, it's not easy. Uh-uh. There are a few times where I wanted to get on, but just, we just couldn't make the timings work out. So I'm excited to be on. I'm a big fan of the podcast. Uh, I, I really like John's opinions. So. Should be a good one. I'm looking forward to it. Yep, absolutely. All right, next question. Uh, WH Park, another one of our friends from the podcasting community mm-hmm. from Post Wrestling, who, of course, as I've mentioned, is I'll be sitting next to in the Tokyo Dome for Wrestle Kingdom 13. Hoping we can work out something, maybe do some little instant reaction takes that we can put out on the Super J cast feed. Uh, WH asks, does Damon fall on the Peter Hook or Bernard Sumner side of Ooh. New Order Beef? And who would he prefer to see perform live? I will say that if I have a choice, I'll go and see present day New Order over Peter Hook and the lights. All right, kids, strap in. It's another Damon Music segment. So I saw both. I saw Peter Hook and the Light. They did, uh, I think they did the entire Substance album. And I've, I've seen New Order minus Peter Hook. I would rather, and, and, and yes, he is correct. The New Order minus Peter Hook. Uh, was better than Peter Hook playing the songs. Um, with that being said, what side of the beef am I on? I gotta be honest with you. I, I think both of them are fucking ridiculous at this point. Uh, just, there's nothing worse than a, than a stubborn beef. Just get over it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just life's too short for that. Uh, but I'm a big New Order fan. I love New Order a lot. So. Uh, yeah, but I would I would definitely go New Order over the Peter Hook version of him doing every New Order song. <laughs> uh, although I will say this, Bernard Sumner, he he might be the the worst singer of a major band in my lifetime. Like he sings live terribly, terribly, and I'm not a big fan of singers who. Have to hit the high and the low and the whole fucking vocal range nonsense. I, like that means nothing to me. I like I like a grittier voice and I like a voice that kind of stands out. Like again, the people that I like, you know, Brett Anderson from Suede or Morrissey or or you know or, or Liam Gallagher. You know they they're not they have, they have distinctive voices. Um, but he's he like listen to New Order live and it's just like. God, he's like he says he has literally one tone, um, no vocal range whatsoever. Uh, but that's that. All right, the good question there. I appreciate that one. I also saw Andrew Rich tweet out that he's seen Gorillas tonight, and yeah. judging by the set list, it's going to be a great show. Plus, Little Dragon is opening, so the likelihood of hearing Empire Ants live has got me all jazzed up. Uh, there's one Gorilla song I really like uh, called M1A1, which samples the opening tune from. Day of the Dead, which is an absolutely fantastic film, one of my favorites. You, you a bit fan of the Gorillas? No, no, I, I try. Like he, they were just in town. I'm gonna say either last night or the night before they were in town, and they're playing the big building. And trust me, with Blur, 
They ain't playing the big building here in town. They're not playing Wells Fargo Center. They're not playing. It, it never happened and it never will. Uh, although Blur did play Madison Square Garden, but that was like like every Blur fan in the entire country <laughs> went to New York City for that show. That's how that building got sold. Um, kind of, it's kind of like a New Japan experience. Um, no, I can't. It, I mean, that just doesn't do anything for me. Like, I appreciate the fact that that he's making money to buy the house, and he's making more money doing gorillas than he ever did doing Blur. Right? There's no doubt about that. Um, there are a handful of songs that I like. Um, what's that? On Melancholy Hill, I like. I like that song. Um, I like. Uh, you know, I like the hits, you know, the feel good, and, um, Clint Eastwood, and you know that that kind of stuff. But honestly, by and large, it's just that's just not for me. I just I, I went the last time I went and saw them. Uh, they played Philly. They played a big outdoor thing, and I went and I left halfway through it. I just wanted to see him. Like I kind of just moved up to the front of the stage. And I just wanted to see Damon, and then I kind of gave him the old nod. <laughs> you know, like okay, there he is, awesome, and then. I just I turned around and walked out, and that was that. Okay, next question then. Uh, Nicole, who's our Discord moderator and also cigar and sumo aficionado, asked, based on the results of the King of Pro Wrestling three-way, what are the odds that Cody was there more to give shine to his NWA run than protect the Omega Ibushi match? Literally, you could have booked anyone other than Cody if the true intent was to protect Omega Ibushi. What other benefit is there to booking another promotion's champion when you know he can't eat the pin? With the NWA anniversary show coming up, they certainly gained by having Cody hold the US belt and continue to get IWGP shots. They definitely used his US win in their YouTube series, and I'm sure they had a camera crew filming for King of Pro Wrestling. So do you think it's possible, Damon, that the reason Cody didn't take the pin was because of the NWA? I can't. I, there, can I say something here? The NWA means zero. <laughs> it means zero in this day and age. And I know people want it to mean something and i would love it to mean something it doesn't mean anything it's i'm sorry it doesn't and it was a wonderful moment at all in and everybody was a root i get i get all of that come on do you really but billy corgan's like yo my belt has too much prestige he can't take the has anybody do me a favor name me the past three and you can include you can include Cody Rhodes and Nick Aldis, but give me the past. Give me the past three NWA World Champions. Is there a big Daddy Yum Yum involved <laughs> in there somewhere? Well, he was a part of the NWA. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. If you, I don't even know if he was the champion. Uh, I mean, come on, people. Let's 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 relax on the fucking NWA stuff. Uh, come on, it's 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 it. it no. I didn't know Nicole was a big cigar uh, aficionado. I didn't know that. She's very eclectic. Yeah, definitely. Sumo. Yeah, she she is like one of the coolest people I've ever met. She was awesome. Yeah, yeah, she's a big fan. I, I, I mean, I, I might say big fan, I mean, like a, like a, like a super fan. Like she helps us out a lot. So, yeah, big big time fan. All right, good. Uh, she cigar sumo. I mean, what else? What what can this girl not do? That's what I want to know. Yeah, looking forward to meeting her MSG. Yes. Oh, she's going? If she's coming. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> You're going now, girl. <laughs> All right, very good. 
Okay, uh, Dan says, do you boys believe that another Japanese promotion could challenge NJPW for the biggest promotion in Japan in the future or has NJPW's efforts of the last few years solidified their place at the top? Uh, personally, I can't see any of the others taking over. I mean, I guess the one in best shape at the moment would be DDT, I guess. Maybe All Japan, they're doing pretty well, but I can't see either of them overtaking New Japan anytime soon. It would, there would need to be a money mark involved. There would need to be a person who has a lot of money, who loves pro wrestling and wants to be involved and is willing to waste a lot of it to challenge that. And Until that comes, it's going to be very difficult for a, a promotion uh, to homegrown spin it to overtake a New Japan at this point. I'm just looking at NWA world title history. Yeah, to... yeah. We don't... <laughs> there is no Big Daddy Yum Yum. I can't find him. But, Wait, but he did. Uh, he... Recent ones. Okay, we've we got Cody, Nick Aldis, Tim Storm, Jax Dane, okay. Hiroshi Tenzan, yeah, Rob true. Conway, right. Satoshi Kojima. Right. Just go, going back over the last few years. That's true. Uh, that was in Las Vegas. Okay. Those, those title changes happened, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah. I mean, but uh, you get my point. You know what I mean? But, yeah. All right. All right. Good. Uh, okay. Uh, Jared says, uh, given it looks like we're heading to Naito regaining the IC title at Wrestle Kingdom and that everyone believes it will be him versus Okada at the Dome in 2020, do you think one way of keeping Naito interesting in the interim year would be to have him and LIJ do interpromotional feuds with wrestlers from perhaps Zero One or All Japan. I feel you need to do something interesting and different with Naito if you've got a lot of time to kill, even before the 2019 G1 to keep him relevant. Uh, I can't see that happening. I don't think they'll be doing cross-promotional stuff. And I, again, I agree with JDM's point earlier. I don't think that Naito against Jericho needs the belt. And moreover, I think having the belt involved kind of hurts it because of Naito's history and comments about the IC title. I think that works better as sort of a grudge match with no title on the line. And that means that Naito... Yeah, yeah, Scampi agrees. Uh, It means that Naito's not bogged down with the title and he can build himself up as a a big-time player main event just in time to win the title at Dominion. That's what I see happening for Naito. Uh, what about yourself? Yeah, I think it makes sense. Yeah, I don't I don't see any cross-promotion with Zero One or anything like that. It's not going to be like a, you know, Suzuki going to Noah kind of situation. Um, so, yeah, and I, and I kind of agree with you with, with the title situation that that particular match doesn't even necessarily need to be a title match. I mean, it very well can be. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, nothing, that's not going to shock me if at the Dome it's Jericho and Naito for the, for the Intercontinental title. That's not going to shock me. Um, but it doesn't need it. You're right. It doesn't need it. So, yeah. Okay. That's good. Okay. Um, so, Scampi just started meowing there. You're probably wondering why. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to go to the next question. You can have a look at your WhatsApp, uh, the WhatsApp Super Jcast chat and see what predicated that noisy outburst. Uh, well, I get stuck into the next question, which is by Wilfred from the excellent Wilfred Watches podcast. So Wilfred says, who's the big name slash names who will miss out on a match at Wrestle Kingdom 13? I've made a lineup for Wrestle Kingdom 13. Couldn't find a spot for Evil and Sonata. Who does each host think will miss out? Uh, I think there's a fairly good chance we get <laughs> Evil against Zach. So you're laughing. You can see the video now. So I'll tell you, <laughs> listeners. Fucking video. Holy shit. Yeah. What do, do you want to say? You, you, you tell just, us what the video all is. Right. I'm going to start play from the start. It is Joel's wife in a dragon, like a, like a dragon mask, but it's a big pillowy dragon mask, and she's got dragon arms and is pretending to attack poor Scampy. So yes, it is 
on, at, on the face that she has is tremendous. Her her pantomiming of as a dragon is great. Uh, this this one needs to be tweeted. This fucking video needs to be tweeted to all of our listeners because it is with no explanation. No explanation. Just throw it up there, please, please. That, listen, she's that, that's a star making. That is a star making video right there. That and your job, uh, faithful listeners. I want that fucking video retweeted to every person you know. I want that to just Kevin Kelly, I, NJPW Global, yep. Mark Wazeka, the whole lot. The whole, Everyone's everyone to see this. I want Kenny Omega. I want everybody. I want Tama Tonga. Oh, we, we're blocked. Um, I want everybody. I want everybody to see this video. Send that out immediately, Joel. That is that is priceless. Fucking unbelievable. Your wife's nuts. <laughs> you see what I've got to put up with here? While you're doing show. Is trying to do this show when I've got a fucking cat and my wife trying to put themselves over while I'm recording this. This is unbelievably great. I- I've watched, I-, I have it on loop. I've literally watched it seven times in a loop because the funniest thing are her fucking hands while she's doing this dragon imitation. <laughs> it's great. Oh, I'm dying. Yeah, yeah chuck that up there. That's going to be great. Okay, so who do you think is going to miss out? What big names are going to miss out on a match at Wrestle Kingdom 13? I think Sonada, I'm a bit worried about. Elgin, Sonada. Suzuki, Suzuki, I don't know what they're going to have in store for him as well. Yeah. Elgin, Sonada, um, Fale, um, all those middle-of-the-road guys. Hangman Page might be one of those guys, although he maybe he's going against Cody. Who knows? Uh, but he's on the bubble. Uh, who else would be on the bubble? Tamatanga's on a bubble. Um, Ishii's on a bubble. Um, yeah, there's this. Pl- Listen, every year they, they try and shoehorn in as many people as they possibly can. And where do they shoehorn them in? In a multi man, you know, never title gauntlet match, a fucking battle royal. You know, they're going to try and shoot shoehorn people in but those are the people that are on the bubble yeah um so next question from galactiva do you think that some fans have overly idolized and romanticized new japan slash japanese promotions as a counter form to wwe western promotions of late asking this one after watching some of the complaints about the jy and gato turning on okada angle after the destruction show at kobe that it's being too WWE slash Western to happen in New Japan. So do you think there's a bit of rose-tinted yeah. spectacles looking at this stuff and saying, oh, Japan, it used to be better, blah, blah, blah. Because let's face it, this kind of Western influence and interference and stuff has been happening in New Japan for decades. Yeah. I mean, not for nothing. Here's a perfect example. The Great Muda. Right? If you sat down and watched Great Muda matches... A lot of them aren't that great, but you know we'll sit there and 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 go crazy over over great mood because the gimmick is great. Um, interference, it interference happens. Um, I saw somebody who put out a stat of yeah. In recent times, it seems like it's a, there's a lot of you know foreign Western talent. That's there, but they've always had it. I mean, listen, I sat through a, a period in a, in the boom 90s where it was Scott Norton and Hercules Hernandez as a fucking tag team. What, the, the, what are they, the Jurassic Powers, was it? I mean, talk about the Drex. Ugh. Um, yeah, two guys. You know, yeah, yes. 
there, there, there absolutely is. There absolutely is. The problem is, it is not the numbers, and it's not the it's the position of these people. Again, if we just pause right now and look at right now who are the champions, who are the top people in the promotion. You know, somebody joked about you know, WWE right now has more Japanese champions than fucking New Japan does. Um, it that's that's kind of the the concern and 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 the worry. Not that not that there are you know Western wrestlers that are that are there. They're, they've always had that. You know, when when times were tough for New Japan, they had much less because they couldn't afford to fly the fuckers in, pay for it. Um. No, it's it's look, people. I know I, I know we sound negative at times. We still love the product. We still do. We still watch it. We would love it. But there are things that that have us concerned right now, and those things can change. And I really think those things that we're worried about will eventually change. We hope that they change. We don't want it to go any further. Um, so to answer the, this person's question, yes. There is that because there have been you can go through any time in New Japan's history and point a finger at nonsense. Not all of it has been great. Even in, during the greatest of times, there has been stuff where it has been nonsense. Um, so yeah, there there, there absolutely is a, a valid point to that person's that that they made. Yes. Uh, another question from Nicole: How long before Vince tries to run the Tokyo Dome? Could you see that happening anytime soon? Uh... Here's the thing. I don't think it'll do well. Like, I don't think it'll draw more than New Japan does. Um, he might do it just, just just to do it, but I don't think it would do that well. I think I think where they run now, uh, they run at Sumo Hall, right? Or, or they did that Beast in the East thing, didn't they? With was it like Lesnar against yeah, Kofi yeah. Kingston or something a few years ago? Yeah, and they do a they they do a tour every like it seems like July Fourth they do a tour. Every year in Japan, I think that's just that's kind of their sweet spot. I don't think they would really have to do a really fucking am, amazingly step. You know, I say that, and they're going to go over to Saudi Arabia with literally a, a dream show. Uh, they, they drew eight thousand six hundred and forty-six fans for that uh, Beast in the East show at uh, Sumo Hall. Right. Yeah. So based on that metric, you can't see them running the Tokyo Dome because nah. they just simply wouldn't even be able to make a dent in it. Yeah, and I, and again, I don't think it would be financially worth it for them. Um, I don't think they would draw. And again, but unless they completely have a card that is just so overwhelming that you can't not go if you're a pro wrestling fan, that would be the only way it would do well. Okay, next question from Peter says, what are some matches you would recommend that would show off the old school booking New Japan used to do? And also, what are some great matches of the older wrestlers, uh, Makabe and the dads? So I recently watched Wrestle Kingdom 3 for the Eggshells podcast, and I saw a match with Manabu Nakanishi against Jun Akiyama, and Nakanishi does a pescado. So if you want to see um, Nakanishi looking a bit more spry and mobile than he usually does, then you can check that out. And the same show also had a really good match between... Let me find it exactly what it was. It was uh, 
the zero one World Heavyweight Championship with Yuji Nagata against Masato Tanaka, and it was an awesome match. They were just beating the piss out of each other. So those would be two matches I think will go back and worth having a look at. Um, anything off the top of your head, Damon, that you would recommend? I mean, I for every new fan, I always just kind of say, you know, eighties. You, you're not going to go wrong with like late eighties early 90s stuff um, because you're getting the growth of guys that are legends, right? So you're getting Muda, you're getting Hashimoto, you're getting Chono, you're getting, um, and even before that, you're getting Nobuhiko Takada and you're getting Akira Maeda. And like the, that's one of my favorite tag teams of all time, Takada and Maeda. Um, you're getting pre-Liger Yamada, who was great, and, and the stuff with Owen Hart. Um, was at the time was just unbelievably great, um, and and still great to this day. Uh, and then you still had the veterans of Anoki, who again, the style is not going to be the same. It's, it might seem a little bit boring, but you know him and uh, Saito and you know, you know all the it, it, it's just at that time. So like, just start in the eighties um, and and work your way up. Um, I mean, again, and you know, I I have a fucking boner for Ricky Chosho, so you can't go wrong with that. And and, and Akira Maeda, uh, Maeda Fujinami match was pretty great, um, in the sense of super heated, super hot, and uh, once again, a, a a kick went astray, and opens up uh, Tatsumi Fujinami, and he's just like hard way just busted open like a motherfucker, um, and the fans are going crazy for it because again, Maeda had a bit of a reputation. Um, whether that's a positive or a negative, it was, you know, it's, he's had a reputation. So again, I mean, there's so much to choose from, but the, the best bet is, is that time frame. just kind of just jump in the pool in that time frame, Um, and I guarantee you, you'll find something that you'll like. Okay. Uh, Tyler says with his recent success in big spot matches, have your opinions changed on if we could see Ishii as a possible transition IWGP no. heavyweight champion? No, 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 no. no. All right, listen. Can't no, see it. No, nobody asks us that again. <laughs> because it's 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 we've said it a thousand times. It's just not going to happen. He is not an IWGP heavyweight champion. I'm sorry. He's just not. Um, he's one of my favorite wrestlers, one of the hardest workers. You're going to get a great match every single time out of him. He's just not going to hold that title. Sorry. Agree, and I think I've said before that him not holding it makes the belt even more prestigious. Exactly. So uh, keep it like that. Uh, ben says, assuming Kenny carries the title into Wrestle Kingdom, how would you book the title and G1 towards the expected Okada Naito rematch in 2020, or does it end up as Okada Omega Five? So I've said quite a few times. I think now you know what I'm not sure who's going to win it at Wrestle Kingdom 13. Is I whoever it is, I can see Naito winning the title at Dominion. Okada wins the G1, and then we get Okada-Naito at the Dome in 2020, which, as everyone said, is on a, a Saturday, so can do a very, very big number there. I, I agree. I mean, I, honestly, I can't tell you what I'm going to have for lunch today. So I, to, to think that far ahead for 2020, I, uh, let's, let's get past this Dome. Let's see what happens with contracts. Let's see where that goes, because that's going to be, like, a- anything else is just literally just throwing shit against the wall. Um until we figure out what what happens this this Wrestle Kingdom and and shortly thereafter um, the, the Madison Square Garden show, pfft, I mean everything's up in the air right now. Okay, Tyler says, how do you feel about Jado joining the OGs? It feels similar to when guys like Conan 
and buff Bagwell join the NWO just an extra body. I guess it's more that if Gado joins, you've got to bring Jado as well right. because you've got to have the both. You can't have one shoe without the other. Yep, that's all that is. And and if it does feel NWO-ish, it's because, I mean, that's they're, they're, they're styling it based off of that. I mean, New Japan's biggest money was, was wrapped around an NWO feud and would Muda be in the NWO and... That and Chono and I mean that was that was that was big time, that was big time for for New Japan. So yeah, I mean that's that the, the Bullet Club is modern day NWO. So if it feels that way, there's a purpose to that. Okay, Connell says I go into the Rev Pro Global Wars show with Ishii versus Suzuki in the main event for the title. What are your thoughts on the card? And there's unfortunate news that the David Starr against Kushida match was called off because uh, I don't know if you saw this, but the airline that David Starr booked flights with uh, went bankrupt and didn't tell anyone that had flights booked with him. So oh David Starr turned up at the airport and the airline that he was supposed to be flying with no longer existed. Holy shit. So he was just stuck there. Wow. I have never heard that in my entire life. Holy shit. I've had flights be canceled, like not delayed. Like, we're not going to do this flight. And I was in Japan coming home. That was like weird. That was a real weird day um, because you're like, all right, what do I do now? Um, I had one cancelled like literally as I was leaving my house to go and get the flight. Yeah, I mean, I was. And it, it predicated like one of the worst days I've ever had. It was so stressful. Yeah, but that's another story for another time. But I got stuck in Shanghai for 24 hours. I got stuck in Tokyo for another two days. But it wasn't like Tokyo. Yeah, but Tokyo is great, right? Uh, <laughs> right, but it, it wasn't Tokyo proper. It was, I was like right outside of the airport, so I was in some fucking business hotel for another two days um, with all Americans because everyone was on the same flight, right? So we were all flying back to Newark, right? Um, it was all Americans, and um, we, we they put us up in a hotel by the airport, but there was nothing to do around there. Like it's not like you, you were in like Shibuya, you know? It was like you were in fucking. Like it's like saying, yeah, I stayed in New York, and you're really staying in fucking Trenton, <laughs> you know. Um, it wasn't there was nothing to do, so so you, I just drank for two days straight, and I mean it was better than going to work, but I, you know, it was just like what the fuck, you know, like you're mentally prepared to go home from a trip, you know, you just and you know that you have a 14 hour fucking flight ahead of you, so you're kind of psyching yourself up for it. I don't like flying to begin with, and. uh I get a text. I actually got a text from the airline. The flight has been canceled. And I texted my wife. I was like, can you look into this? She's like, it says it's canceled. I was like, all right, I'm going to the airport right now. Went to the airport. Canceled. And they had to move. Actually, there were two flights that were canceled that day. So, And they didn't have another flight out to Newark um, until two days later. That's why they put everybody up. Yeah, so... There you go. There, there's my heart. <laughs> Back to the question then. Yeah. Uh, this is quite a good-looking card, actually, apart from Ishii and Suzuki. There's LIJ against Rinkamp, Goto against Zack Sabre Jr., Kojima against Mark Davis, Christ. El Fantasma against Rocky Romero, uh, Naito against Chris Brooks, and Will Ospreay against Chris Ridgeway. That's a really, really yeah. interesting-looking card. Personally, I think the uh, LIJ, uh, Evil and Sonata against uh, Walter and Timothy Thatcher, I think that would be the one to watch out for on that card. Uh, that's that's a great show. They always get the good shows, man. They really do. I don't know how. I don't know what kind of connections they you know they they have to pull that off. But we don't get that shit in the states. Like honestly, it's, uh, uh, I can't think of the 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 last great 
New Japan outing I've seen in Philadelphia. It's been so long. I mean, tonight, they, they're doing TV tapings tonight. Ugh, the the show, I'm like, I, like I, I'm 10 minutes away. I can hop in my car and be there in less than 10 minutes. There's, I'm, there's no way I'm going to that today. No fucking way. Like, it's just the same shit. And, and, and here's another thing. What, uh, autograph? How much do you think an autograph picture of the Young Bucks is worth? Uh, $20? $50. $50. I will drive those fuckers to Stanford Connecticut myself. <laughs> I was like, 50 bucks? What? And they're there every fucking month. Like, at this point, who doesn't have a picture of the Young Bucks? I mean, Christ almighty, $50 for a picture. And listen, they're nice guys. You know, every time I've ever talked to them, nice. But I was like, ooh. I, well, look, if you can get it, by all means. But $50 for a picture with the Young Bucks. Unbelievable. Shocking. <laughs> okay. Uh, NJPW Thought says, with all the backstage intrigue, I'll ask what's really important. What matches are you most looking forward to in the last third of the year? Uh, personally, I'm looking forward to the final of the junior tag tournament. I think that's going to be an absolute banger. Um, also, ZSJ against Naito. I think that'll be a lot of fun because they've had two terrific matches in the New Japan Cup and the G1. Uh, what about you, Damon? Anything you're particularly excited about? Those two. Um, I'm, I'm actually... <sighs> As shocking as this might be, I'm actually looking forward to seeing Chris Jericho in a fucking ring. You know, no matter what happens with this evil match, I'm actually curious to see what happens here. I'm 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 excited to see it. Um, so those those three juniors, Zach, and let's see what the fuck Jericho's got in the tank. Uh, Lewis says, am I the only one that feels a bit sad in the last couple of months of the year? Some of the talent will or will not be there in 2019. Better enjoy these last couple of months. The tag leagues for both junior and heavyweights will be fun. Uh, I don't get sad towards the end of the year. I start getting hyped for Wrestle Kingdom. And I, I guess part of that is the fact that I'm going. But even I think as a, 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 a neutral, even if you don't have tickets, I think that's something to be excited about. Well, what about you, Damon? Do you feel any sorts of melancholy towards no. the, the back end of the year? No. Um, like in general, like in life in general, like do I, is, is that the question? Like I think about like, I maybe around New Year's, maybe I get like a little bit like, oh, okay, I, here's what I, I think. Was, I think you meant with regards to the uncertainty in New Japan about who's leaving and who's yeah, staying. No, no, the, the company has been around since 1972 and yes, there has been ebbs and yes, and there have been flows. Um, they will bounce back. They will be. They will. They're, they're doing what they can. And here's the thing: it, this might be, it might be, the the downward beginning of the downward trend of a, a peak spot in New Japan's history. Maybe, maybe, possibly, could be. Um, I'm not saying it will be or it is. Could be, um, but no, no. Again, if they lost Omega in the Bucks. Uh, they lost Skrull. They lost Cody. Uh, they would bounce back. They got look, again. We, how many times do we talk about the the young lions and how great they are and how good they are? And, and this is why. This is the reason you build stars. And this is the reason why Jay White is in the position that he's in. And this is why uh, the restructuring of Bullet Club. And this is they'll be fine. We'll, we'll all be fine. 
Don't don't get depressed. We'll be fine. Uh, next question. Gareth says, all my current concerns with New Japan might be assuaged if I got a significant singles title run for Zack Sabre Jr. A guaranteed Zack match on the middle of the cards would make the rest of the nonsense much more palatable. What are the chances? Now, we're going to get him in a big match with Naito, but in terms of a big singles title run, surely it's only a matter of time before he gets something, whether it's the Never or the US title or the Intercontinental title, because... He's had a really strong push this year, winning the New Japan Cup, getting that big main event at Sakura Genesis with Okada, having a very, very strong run, being joint top of his block in the G1 and beating Naito on the final night, uh, getting a big match with Naito here. Title run's got to be in the, the cards, surely. Yep. Yeah, I think I think 2019 will have gold. I don't, I don't think there's any doubt about it. Um, you you don't beat the guys that you that, you know, that he is beaten without eventually wearing gold. He, he, I, I, he's, he's, he's getting something. So you, your, your prayers will be answered, I'm sure. And I have some questions about World Tag League here. Tyler says, thoughts on possible surprise entrance with World Tag League. Well, don't tell anyone, Tyler, but Damon and I are actually going to be in the World yep. Tag League this year, but keep that under your hat. Uh, Bald and Beardless asks, uh, with Chaos falling apart and Yoshihashi injured, what are the odds we finally get the Ishii Goto tag team we've been waiting for? I want to see them facing G.O.D. at Wrestle Kingdom. I would love that. It's something that I know you guys were talking about last year that would instantly give those two something to do at Wrestle Kingdom it will make sense they're in the same faction uh, I think they'd have really good chemistry together the matches would be awesome so what do you think any chance we're getting Ishii Goto in the World Tag League no <laughs> uh, maybe in the World Tag League uh, may- yeah I mean if you're looking at that chaos group you're, you're, I mean who, yeah that, that those two together would make the most sense don't you think so yeah, World Tag League. Yeah, I think it's a a better than fifty percent chance that you'll see them two together. Rob says, any other promotions doing a better job with the Western expansion than New Japan? With RevPro's Global Wars following the Strong Star UK and British Jacob, they feel more like New Japan shows and using Japanese wrestlers people want to see Lij Suzuki etc. than any of the US shows. So, do you think uh, RevPro are doing a better job than yeah. uh, the the US based shows? Yeah, I mean. If we did a year rundown of the Rev Pro shows, right, and we compared them to what we had available in all the Long Beach shows and everything else, I guarantee you the Rev Pro shows blow them away. Blow them away. Yeah, they get – they actually, here's a shocking thing. They actually get singles matches, right, with two Japanese guys in the same ring. Shocking concept. I know. I, I know. But, yeah, yeah. And, shockingly enough, no Jay White. Excuse me, no, oh, no, plenty, plenty of Jay. I was going to say Jay Lethal. Boo, I stink. <laughs> no, no Jay Lethal to be found. Uh, yeah, the Rev Pro shows. Go, 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 knock down some of those main events. Uh, you know those those semi main events. Yeah, they're good. They're good shows. Uh, they they blow away the Long Beach shit. Yeah, so I'm thinking particularly when we had that was it the double main event of Zack Sabre Junior against Okada. And then uh, Ishii against Suzuki. Yeah. That was a, an excellent doubleheader yeah. and capped off two excellent shows. But the, those, the day one and the yeah. day two of the... I can't remember what it was called now. Um, I just read it out literally about two minutes ago and now it's gone from my head. But yeah, excellent shows there. They're doing a really good job. And it would be great to talk to Andy Q 
If we get back to our sort of messages, we... Uh, Juice9100 says, For a guy like myself who's only been watching New Japan product for five years and excited about its future, where do you see the company as far as this expansion in five years? And who do you see leading the company's top players at that time? So in five years, so that's going to be, uh, what, 2024? I'm expecting the main event of the Tokyo Dome to be Hiroshi Tanahashi and someone else. Look, I'm... Tanahashi will never, <laughs> never be gone. No. Listen, he's eternal. He's everlasting. Five years, I'm hoping to just be on Earth. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm hoping this just be alive, to be quite honest with you. Um, I, I, yeah, I have no idea. Five years? I mean, seriously. Who uh, I, Who knows? That's... that's I, 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 We don't even know what's going to happen come Wrestle Kingdom. Um, that, that's, that's a very difficult question to answer. I'm sorry. But uh, that is that is my answer. I don't know. Shota Umino. I think you will see him featured quite prominently. I think he'll be a big star by then. Uh, I would also say, please, God, if he gets better soon, uh, Hiromu Takahashi, I expect mm-hmm. him to be a, a big, big star in the company uh, with junior heavyweight. It doesn't matter. I think he, he transcends all that with his star power. So those would be two guys, I, I would say, to keep your eye on over the next five years. Um, Anwar says, what other wrestling organizations would you recommend for fans that are currently becoming disillusioned with NJPW? Uh, I think there's some exciting stuff happening, obviously, in Dragon Gate with the appearance of PAC. So their next big show that they're running up, uh, I'm certainly going to be watching. And I think that'll be a good place for new viewers. And hopefully on the Voices of Wrestling podcast network, there will be an episode of Open the Voice Gate going up soon, which would be a good place for beginners to start if you're interested in dipping into Dragon Gate. And I think there's some good stuff going on in Stardom, actually. I watched the finals of the Stardom five-star Grand Prix, and there were two excellent matches on that show. Uh, There was a really good match between... I want to get this right, so uh, I'm not uh, doing anyone a disservice. It was uh, Momo Watanabe versus Mayu Iwatani, and also Mayu Iwatani versus Utami Hayashishita. So those were two really, really good matches. So I would say if you're interested in dipping your toes into Joshi, that would be a good place to start. Um, what about you, Damon? Any other uh, wrestling organizations that you would recommend? I mean, there's there's a style for everybody, right? I mean, you could go through all over the world. You know, if you know, I, I enjoy watching Progress. I enjoy watching Rev Pro. I enjoy watching WXW. I enjoy watching... Uh, you know anything that comes out of the, the pro wrestling guerrilla world, um, all Japan. There are people that that salivate over uh, you know all Japan and and, and what they're doing. Um, if you, stardom, yeah, sure. Look, there's there's so much out there right now. It's it's really a wonderful time, and and it's all at your fingertips. Is, is what what is really amazing about it. It's um, it's not hard to find. Um, and you can experiment. I mean, here's here's what I would suggest. For one month, get like uh, high spots, the high spots network, right? And from there, you can watch all these different promotions, right, from all over the world. I think they have they have progress shows on there. They have CZW shows on there. They have uh, just a, a, all kinds of stuff on there. Um, Pick one, w- watch what you want, see what you like, and then you can move on from there. Hey, listen, if, if you if you drain high spots, 
cancel it and then go to another streaming service, you know, and, and, and go through their library. There's everybody got a streaming service at this point. So that's my suggestion. There's 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 really no excuse if you like pro wrestling to find pro wrestling that fits your style because it's out there. You just got to you just got to take the time and experiment and watch and and go from there. I can't tell you what pro wrestling you like, but there's so much out there that you 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 will have no trouble finding it if if you're looking. Yeah, totally agree. I think there's enough different stuff out there to suit everyone's tastes. Uh, PK Shea says, Sho and Yo both feel like they have plenty of potential in their future. How long do you think New Japan will wait until they pull the trigger on giving one of them a singles run? Uh, I definitely think that there is more upside in Sho as a single star. Uh, but also, there is a lot of history with Yo and LIJ, so I would not bet against uh, Yo at some point joining LIJ and becoming a star in their ranks. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if next year that starts. I wouldn't be surprised if next year we start seeing uh, the seeds of, of singles runs for both of those guys. Koss uh, says, do you think Bullet Club has jumped the shark in terms of this Bullet oh. Club Civil War stuff and booking angles and furthering feuds on a YouTube show that not everyone watches? It's not for everyone. Like it's Some people love it. Some people really enjoyed the stuff at King of Pro Wrestling and all the, the you know the betrayals and the new feuds breaking away and all that stuff so obviously it's not something that we particularly enjoy but you know we could be on an island with that one I know there's plenty of other people who do like it so for me yeah personally I've had enough of it I hope they just sort of pump the brakes on it for a while and let things settle as they are and I just want to see things play out with less of the shenanigans yeah it's not for me you know, it's it's and, and and nor is it directed for me. You know what I mean? It's not that that the content that they produce is not for me. The I, I and you know me, I, I'm not the biggest fan of factions to begin with, and I really feel like Bullet Club has more than outstayed its welcome for me. But again, I've said it before too: when the T-shirts stop and the merchandise stops and fans in the masses start hand waving it. And money, money is no longer to be made. That's when they'll stop. So, um, even though it's again, it's not for me. Not everything has to be for me. Um, a shocking statement coming from me. Um, but yeah, it's, it'll stop when when the money stops. Yapatai Strap says, do you feel that New Japan is becoming way too Western way too quickly? What I would say to that is I've just come off the back of uh, speaking about a Wrestle Kingdom show from 10 years ago with Chris Charlton that featured Kevin Nash. So it could be worse. You know, we've had guys like Jeff Jarrett appearing on Wrestle Kingdoms in the past. So at least the people that they're booking are actually talented wrestlers. So that's what I would say in defense of what's going on so far because this this is nothing new. Uh, Is it happening too quickly I don't know because you know a lot of people really like it I guess we'll have to wait and see uh, what you know what metric are you judging that by are you judging it financially in terms of the numbers because they could be making a lot of money there um, I think certainly they could do better in promoting their shows over in the States because uh, as we discussed earlier in the show releasing it all at the last minute is not doing them any favours but uh, what do you think is it too western too quickly um, you know, it, it, I think everybody knows our feelings when it comes to the westernization of this product, and and yes, it it does feel uh, that they they are going on a path of of making it more accessible and and palatable to a Western audience. I don't think that there's any 
uh, any disputing. You you know it's scampy, right? Uh, there, there's no denying that. That feeling is new. That that and no, at no point in in the company's history has it been that accessible to a Western audience, right? Um, and the people that they bring in and and push and promote and use as the catalyst for that um, are front and center. And that may not have been something that the, the, the promotion has done before. Um, again, they may have brought people in and people were there, but they certainly weren't super key fixtures that they are right now, right? Again, you can go back and through the history of, of, of the promotion, and yes, you can point at certain people, you know, uh, whether it be Vader, whether it be uh, Bruiser Brody, whether it be uh, Sting, right? Uh, or, you know, they've used Western talent and put them in prominent positions, but maybe not at the level that we're experiencing right now. That's that's where the uncomfortability is, um, and those people that are in those positions are pretty polarizing, right? You either love Cody or you don't like Cody. There's nobody that's like eh in, in the middle. Kenny has become pretty much that too, and, and from the from day one, Kenny has been that. Um, so again, that that's where that's that's the newness and and the and the changes that we're talking about. Um, and that that is new, but yes, they've always used Western talent, but they haven't used it in this way to reach a, a Western audience in this fashion. That's what we're saying. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, it's certainly been driven up a notch uh, in the in the past few months, but uh, in concept, is something that's not exactly new. All right. Unfortunately, my uh, shitty Chinese internet is working against us here. So I'll have to save the rest of the questions for next time. So I will just uh, first of all say thank you to everyone who's in the Discord channel. Please, you can join that and join in the fun conversations there. We're discussing good recipes for chili yesterday. Mm. So if you want to be involved in that action, uh, you know where to find the link. And also there's a Pro Wrestling Tea sale on at the moment. There's 20% off everything until... I think it's tomorrow. Use the promo code retail and every order gets a free wrestler autographed 8x10. We do have another design coming up, but apparently it can take up to a week to get processed. But we're really excited about that. As soon as that one's up, I will let everybody know about it. But uh, definitely something that Damon and I are really, really keen on. Uh, big thank you to editor Dan, who's got a bit of work to do today. Thanks to my Chinese internet. Please visit his YouTube channel, 219 Films. Uh, subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. Uh, give us a five snake review on iTunes. Not a two snake review. Oh. You know who you are. A two. We got a, we best got a, of. We got a two snake. We got a two snake. Yeah. Oh. Better to better to leave no review at all than a two snake review. That's just that's just rude. Uh, follow us on Twitter at the SuperJCast. Thank you everybody for listening and goodbye. I nearly, I nearly lost you. Chinese internet, Chinese internet, Chinese internet, Chinese internet, Chinese internet, Chinese internet. Chinese internet. <laughs>